What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Odd Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Jack Bartek and Riv. This is now episode 43 of the podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about P.J. Walker, Taysom Hill's first start, Joe Burrow's injury, if the Eagles should bench Wentz, why was Tua benched, if Justin Herbert is Offensive Rookie of the Year, if the Jets or Jaguars will win the number one pick, and the Titans beating the Ravens, the Colts beating the Packers, and if the Chiefs are still the team to beat. Then we're going to finish off the show with NFL Pick'em Week 12 and our Week 12 Top 10 Power Rankings in the NFL. So, guys, second live episode. How does it feel, man? Well, this is my first. Yeah, this is his first episode, except for the – he was here for the draft, like half of it. But I'm yeah. excited to get Riven here, Whoa. you know, <laughs> see how he deals with the callers because we had to deal with the, the callers already. Yeah, we had you to deal burned, with the callers. <laughs> <laughs> Jack doesn't want to take an L. Yeah, he doesn't want to take an L in public. I'll so. take an L when I deserve an L. I think you deserve <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with the Can't first topic. P.J. Walker had his first NFL start, and this is a guy who came from the XFL. I mean, he's, his story is incredible. He was cut 12 times from the NFL. He went undrafted. The only reason he went to the XFL is because Andrew Luck put in a word for Oliver Luck, the XFL commissioner, and said, you got to get P.J. Walker in the XFL. And he balled out. He got opportunity, and he started. I mean, how did you feel about P.J. Walker's first start? You want to start or you yeah, want yeah, me to start? You're, you're, you're going to talk longer than me. So um, I give him a solid, you know, C-plus, B-grade. I feel like he played pretty well aside from the two interceptions. I feel like for the most part, he, it took him a little bit of time to get comfortable with the game and get situated. But I feel like once he was comfortable, once he understood the game, he started to play really well. And they won the game. So, you know, that's always a benefit. You know, you, regardless of how the quarterback plays, his first start was a W. So, you know, shout out to him. Props to him for getting that win. And I just think he played really good for the most part. Yeah, I, I thought he was solid. I mean, he was by no means perfect. He was by no means great. He he might not even have been good. He was just good enough. And it helped that his defense played really well against a Lions team that just looked lost. But, you know, 24 of 34 258 yards, a touchdown, and granted two interceptions. I thought he threw the ball pretty well. He had good pocket presence. You know, he's a quarterback, and you could tell it's in his blood. Like, you could tell he's a quarterback at heart. And the one thing that he needs to improve on if he wants to seriously be an NFL starter moving forward is he's just got to get used to the NFL game speed. I thought that there were a couple throws he made that were just terrible decisions. I thought... He tried to fit some balls into some tight windows that might work in the XFL, might have worked at Temple, but are just not going to cut it in the NFL. And if that's his biggest problem, that's okay because that's something you can iron out and work on moving forward. The fact that he has the arm strength, he has the pocket presence, and he looks like he kind of belongs out there is all good signs to me. And it always helps to start with a W, even if it helps that your defense put up a donut. So... I, f I would feel good about it if I was him. It's not like he came out and looked shell-shocked, so it's a good sign in my opinion. Uh, I thought he was okay. I mean, I think he's a great story. Is he a great player? Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? 
I don't think that he is. I think he's he could be a good backup if he continues to improve. He had those two interceptions. I think both of them were in the red zone. One was a horrible decision. The second one was a horrible decision as well. I, I thought he was going to throw it away, but in fact, he threw it to a defender in the red zone. I think it was in the fourth quarter that he had that. But he also had another near interception. Him and Robbie Anderson had some miscommunication, and that was weird to me because they played together at Temple. So out of all the guys that you think he'd have good chemistry ago, with, it'd be Robbie. I mean, he was finding Curtis Samuel. He was finding DJ Moore. The Robbie connection wasn't that great. But, yeah, I mean, he, to be honest, he had two interceptions, but I thought he could have had three. You know, when I, when I watch games and I see, like, defenders drop interceptions, I always count that against a quarterback. I don't, I don't care about what the stats say. I count that against a quarterback. So I thought it should have been three interceptions. He was okay. I mean, the Lions' offense was really the story of the day for all the wrong reasons. I mean, they, they were score. horrible. Yeah. The Panthers' defense is good. They're just not good on third down. They have, like, one of the worst third down defenses in NFL history. So if, if they were to able to, like, get better on third down, they might be one of the better defenses in the NFL. And, and I'll say this. If I'm an NFL team looking for a backup, I think that P.J. Walker could be one of the best backups in all of football. I don't know if I would trust him as a starter moving forward, but I think that he's somebody that in the right place, maybe with the perfect situation, he could eventually become a serviceable starter, but it's just a question of like, is is it too far down the road at this point for him to be a guy somewhere as a fran- not even a franchise quarterback, as somebody who starts for a year or two. I just don't see that happening. I think that he he can be serviceable in situations like the Panthers where they just don't have anybody right now. Teddy's uh, down and he needs somebody I to think, play games. I think what benefits Will Greer was a top pick too. Like I think third round, yeah. right? Yeah. Or fourth round or somewhere around there. And he took Will, Will Greer's spot quick. Well, PJ is only like 25, so he's still 26. Young. Yeah, he's still young. And I think what benefits him is that the Panthers sneaking on offense have weapons. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis. I'm, I know Christian McCaffrey's not playing, but he's, he's still another weapon. So they have guys out there that can put P.J. in a position to succeed. So I think that's going to help him going along the way. You know, P.J. Walker in the, in the XFL, he had 15 touchdowns and I think zero interceptions. Yeah, he was the MVP of the league. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He, he was to the XFL what Lamar Jackson was to the NFL yeah. last year. Literally. Like, he was their box office guy. If they're going to do a commercial, it's going to be for P.J. Walker. He would have been, been on the video game cover. But even his zero turnovers, well, zero interceptions in the XFL was misleading because mm. he had a lot of them that were dropped. Talk to us, man. How many? Um, I don't know how many oh, were dropped, but number. he had some that were dropped. The stats were misleading. He wasn't as perfect at what they as what they depicted. But, yeah, I mean, this was a good first start. It was his first start. And hopefully he just continues to improve. I mean – the Panthers aren't making the playoffs. We pretty much know that. Who knows how long Teddy's going to be back, be back? I don't know if he's going to be back in a few weeks. Next week, who knows? So PJ Walker has some time to show some NFL teams what he has, and I hope that he succeeds. He was fun to watch. I mean, like I wouldn't mind watching him. You know, obviously he needs to improve. But if I was a team, like like you said, the Panthers are not making the playoffs. I think P.J. Walker would be fun to watch the rest of the way. Obviously, when Teddy comes back, that's not a viable option. But, you know, there's something there. You can tell he's not ready for the NFL game speed, like I said, yet. And he tries to make too many throws that would work in the XFL and clearly don't in the NFL. But, again, that's something that I think 
can be fixed over time. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't think that he looked terrible. I thought he was just good enough, especially with the defense getting a shutout. Do you guys think Teddy is the long-term answer for Carolina? No, 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 no. I think Teddy's good. I mean, I think, no, I, think he, I know he's good, but is he the he, long-term answer? He better be because they might not have a top pick to draft a quarterback. The Panthers may not have a top pick. And t- they pay Teddy for a couple more years, I think three more years. Mm-hmm. I think Teddy's a good quarterback. If you get a better offensive line, their receivers are good enough, their defense is promising, they can be at the top of that division. Well, I, I for me, what do you consider long-term? Like, what are you talking long-term? Like he's their franchise quarterback moving forward. I would not say that. I think for the next three years, he can put them in a position to compete, but I just don't know... Like, past that contract, if that's going to be the guy they go with. The only thing is, like Joel said, if they do start to compete, get that line a little bit better, um, they're not going to have that high pick to draft, you know, uh, an immediate, like, first whistle in the NFL quarterback. But I just don't know if Teddy is a guy that I would call my franchise quarterback. Mm. He's, He's solid. It's no disrespect to Teddy. I think he I think he's a pretty good NFL quarterback, but I don't know if I would want to consider him my franchise yeah. quarterback. So the next question is this is another quarterback that started his first start at thirty years old, Taysom Hill. Was Sean Payton right to start Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston? I'm gonna start with you, Riv. I think the the easy answer would be yes, because they caught the win. But at the same time, I feel like either quarterback would have succeeded Regardless, just because of the simple fact of how good the Saints are offensively. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, that offensive line, and that defense. And on top of that, they played the Falcons. So I'm not going to put – I really I want to see them play against a good team and see where Taysom Hill's at. I still think Jameis Winston is the obvious better talent. I think going forward he's probably going to be the guy. But I do think – and the players wanted Jameis Winston to start too. They felt like he should have started. But I do think at the moment, at the time – since the result was a W and Taysom Hill did play well, that it was the right move for Sean Payton. I disagree with that. You know, <laughs> I, I was high on Jameis and I still am, but I'm not sure about his future with the Saints. I'm sure about Taysom Hill's future with the Saints as quarterback and as the gadget play, the gadget player they've been using him as so far. I mean, watching Taysom Hill, I was very impressed with him. He had one mistake in the game. It was a red zone interception in the first quarter. And then he had a fumble late in the fourth quarter off like a power run. But he was the obvious right choice to start. And Sean Payton was right about it. I mean, this is a guy that he has a cannon for an arm. He threw a 50-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders that should have been a touchdown that got called back. But it was a hell of a throw. And I was like, wow, I didn't know I didn't know Taysom could do that. And he showed me, he showed me he can throw. He was making quick decisions in a short passing game. It seems like Michael Thomas is always open for them. I didn't yeah. every single time there was a play, I was like Thomas is going to be open, and he had yards of space. I yeah. mean, like nobody was near him. And th- this was his best game of the season. And granted, he hasn't played the whole year. He's played games with Drew Brees, and he has not put up these numbers this year. So I thought that that was a good sign for the Saints. I thought it was interesting because everybody. It's funny, Jameis Winston from the time Drew Brees was considered out was the most added player in fantasy football on ESPN over the past week. I added it was just a given. We we had a topic on what Jameis Winston would be as the Saints quarterback, but when you look at it, it was an interesting decision. The Saints players, like Riv said, at least were split on it, according to reports. 
But he had a solid game, 18 of 23, 233 yards, and he ran for 51 more and two touchdowns. Granted, he had the fumble, he had the interception. Um, I One of the things that I was most impressed with, under pressure, he was 6 of 6 for 117 yards and 88.3 passing grade, which is a pickup from Drew Brees, who was only about 40% under pressure this season, which is crazy to me. I was super impressed with just how comfortable he was in the pocket. He's, he hasn't been used as a quarterback since his college days, which was years ago. So the, I was really impressed by that. The only question that I would have moving forward is the same question that everybody has about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. He can do it when they're ahead, and they'll, they'll look unbeatable when they have a lead or in a tied game. But late, when you're trailing and you need to make a comeback, like... 30% of his throws were beyond the first down marker, and that's down almost 7% from Drew Brees' 37% of throws past the first down marker. 12 of his 30 dropbacks were play action, and five more were screens. So when he needs to make the big play, can you count on him to do it? I don't know if that's going to be a concern because the Saints' defense is so good, and we don't know when Drew Brees is coming back. So is this going to be their long-term guy? There's so many questions. But my only big question coming out of this week would be, can you rely on him to win you a game from behind? My biggest question with Taysom is not that. My biggest question with Taysom is his instincts as a quarterback and his pocket awareness. Because it seems like too many times when I was watching that, Taysom Hill, when he would sense pressure and he would start to scramble, instead of throwing it away or instead of maybe going out of bounds if he you know has an open lane, he will try to find any and every way to get a positive gain on the play. And that's kind of his like running back kind yeah. of tight end instincts coming into play. But there were some times where I was just like, ah, why are you running into that? You know, you're losing yards. Just throw it away. Just throw it away. That's my question with him. You know, I, there's a lot of people that are there that are talking about how he's 30 years old. He's too old. I don't buy into that. You know, I don't buy into that because Steve Young's first six seasons, he went 10 and 19 as a starter. No way you just said Steve Young. Taysom Hill is 30 years old. Young didn't start all 16 games for the 49ers until he was 31. And he started 10 when he was 30 for the 49ers. 30 years old. Kurt Warner, at 28 years old, he was the full-time starter for the Rams. And you can laugh about it all you want, but if I would have told you a 27-year-old working at a grocery store was going to be a Super Bowl champion with the Rams, you would have been laughing too. The funny thing is, and I don't know if you took it from this, but in the past few years, Sean Payton has compared Taysom Hill he to Steve Young. That's why I used him, but you, there's quarterbacks that are like Kurt Warner, Steve Young, who have started late in their career. Steve Young didn't start all 16 until he was 31 years old. People now would have ruled him out. This isn't basketball where your prime as a player is 28 to yeah. 32 and you're washed up. Especially as, as a quarterback. Yep, As a quarterback in the NFL, you can play until you're 38, until you're 40. Taysom Hill, this could just be the beginning of his career, and he can have a good eight years if he starts with the Saints. And I saw enough from him that, yeah, I could start him because Jameis – he might be a better thrower of the football when, you know, you're throwing long passes because he's not that good at, like, short intermediate throws. But in terms of a weapon, Taysom Hill by far makes the Saints offense more dynamic because you can run power runs in the end zone. He he can escape the pocket. He can run. There's just so much more you have to account for 
with Taysom Hill than with Jameis Winston. Yeah, and one of the best things in Taysom Hill's favor, I think, is you look at the landscape of the NFL right now and who are becoming the stars. You know, Patrick Mahomes is on a different level, but he can run the football. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, all these young quarter, Kyler Murray, all these young quarterbacks coming into the NFL can run the football too. And if you can't, you're almost ostracized for it. Like, think of the the best quarterback recruits in the country. All of them can also get out of the pocket and make a play with their legs. And Taysom Hill obviously can do that because he's been playing gadget for the last however many years with the Saints. So. I think that that's a positive for him. And like you said, he can play for a while. He's in a great offense with Sean Payton, who is an Mm -hmm. offensive mastermind. And for now, where we don't know what he is making plays downfield, he has Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, who are the two best short game weapons in football. Yeah, they're going to be there. They're both locked up long term there. So for the next four or five years, you're going to have those two short game weapons with Taysom Hill. He can develop his game downfield while having easy, quick routes that he can hit. And he hit them efficiently on Sunday. Granted, it wasn't against the best defense in the Falcons. They've looked better since firing Dan mm-hmm. Quinn. So they're no slouch anymore. I don't and think. next game, they're facing the Broncos, who kind of put on a defensive show against yeah. the Dolphins. But who knows what they're going to do against the Saints. I mean, if you're over there, you sound like you're really hesitant on Taysom Hill. I want to hear what you got to I'm say. Just, I'm, I'm just not going to overreact to the game against the Falcons. I want to see – I don't want to – I don't want to, you know, I get what you were saying because obviously nobody thought Steve Young was going to be that, Kurt Warner was going to be that. But I just – I don't want to overreact to a game against the Falcons. I want to wait till he plays, you know, the Chiefs. Then I want to make my – I want to wait a couple more games. It's just too early – Say, oh, I feel like he can do this. I feel like he can do that. I think it was a good game. It was a nice game. But I don't want to overreact to one game. Oh, I'm not saying he'll be that. Yeah. I'm just no, saying. I don't, don't want to say. I'm he's just gonna... saying his age shouldn't be Oh, no, yeah, I agree. Because yeah, even right, did Ryan Tannehill just have his bloom at like 30 years old? I mean, that that's true. But I think he was always a good quarterback. No, but I'm just career. saying he yeah. just had, they just started really realizing Ryan Tannehill at 30. I'm not saying his age. I agree with you on that part. I'm saying I don't think. This game should tell you, oh, yeah, this is going to be the guy moving forward. I still think Jameis Winston has a chance to flip that narrative. Taysom Hill has a chance to lose that narrative in the next couple games. The one thing that I think is very clear is I I questioned when he named Taysom Hill the starter, but there was obviously a reason for it. Taysom Hill knows that offense inside and out, and he fits it you know, much better, I think, than Jameis Winston. We were talking about it in our show last week. Jameis is not a perfect fit for that Saints offense, and I think that maybe that might have been the problem for Sean Payton is he he knows that Taysom Hill was going to come out, run the offense the way he wanted it to be run, and he could trust him more with it. And it'll be interesting moving forward to see how he performs, but I was pleasantly surprised with the way he played. So these two starts of Taysom Hill and P.J. Walker were Great stories. Now we're going to move on to a a sad story. Joe Burrow got injured against the Washington football team. I'm pretty sure the injury happened in the fourth quarter, right? It was late in the game. It was late in the game. So it's something that, you know, once you're that late in the game for an injury like that to happen, that's just horrible. At first, they thought it was a torn left ACL, but in fact, it's way more. I mean, the MRI revealed that it's a torn MCL and other structural issues along with an ACL the recovery time for this is nine to 12 months so a year which means he'll come back probably mid-season and I personally think that I don't I don't think we're going to see him next year they could sit him out next year but I think it would make sense 
But the question I just want to ask is, what's next? What's next for the Bengals, and what's next for Joe Burrow? Well, let me let me get this out of the way, because this is actually a thought that I had yesterday, or it might have been this morning when I heard that it was more than just the ACL. When I was late for my test. Um, I don't want to, this might come out wrong, but it might end up being a blessing in disguise for the Bengals, because with Joe Burrow in the game, they are not an easy win against anybody. I mean, they will fight and claw. Next year, if Joe Burrow can't start, which personally, it would be a miracle, in my opinion, if he comes back from this type of injury for next season, because it's 9 to 12 months recovery time. So even if he gets on the field in nine months, you already missed all training camp, OTAs, you're back for the beginning of the year. So I I can't see that happening. Um so now next year you look at it, who's your quarterback? Ryan Finley? I, unless you pick somebody up, stink it up next year. Be the Jets. Have a terrible season. Get a high draft pick. You know, do well in the draft and surround Joe Burrow with some more talent. They have a good core that they've built there. They have cap too. And they have cap space. They can really use this to their advantage, as Get terrible protection. as this thing it is. No, Get him protection on that offensive line and make sure this doesn't happen again because that was one of the things this year is the offensive line was terrible. It was one of, if not the worst in the league. So, you know, you kind of felt like eventually he was going to miss games due to an injury the way he was getting beat up. I agree. I think you sit Burrow out for next season. Obviously, this injury is devastating. You sit him out next year. Let Ryan Finley play. Go ahead, have fun. Let him play. Let him go out there, do whatever he does. Go 0-16, go jet it up, like I say. Get a draft pick, get some more talent, build that offensive line. Get another receiver because A.J. Green is probably out of there. So you get another guy in there. You get a good tight end. You get that defense building up. And then you get reloaded for the year after, and then Joe Burrow can come in there, and then you guys can make a push. I mean, I think first things first, what's next for the Bengals is exactly that. They're going to be bad. They're gonna Horrible. get it. They're definitely gonna have a top ten pick this year. The real question is, if they're gonna have a top five pick. If they have a top five pick, you pick up Penny Sewell from Oregon. I might have mispronounced the his left name. tackle. Yeah, it's like a generational left tackle. You get a guy like you're that. About he's a generational left tackle. Yeah, you yeah, wow. get a guy like that. I might have said his name wrong, but you get a guy like that first. Next year you're gonna be bad. If there's another top offensive lineman next year, you get him too. You just get linemen <laughs> to protect Joe Burrow. And that's what's next for them. They're going to be bad. We know that. There's no question to me that Joe Burrow is still the guy. He is. And you don't you don't even think about moving on for quarterback. He is that guy. Yeah. And, and him and Herbert were going to gun it out for the Offensive Rookie of the Year race this year, which is crazy because Herbert, which we'll talk about later, is putting up all-time numbers at the quarterback position for a rookie. So mm-hmm. the fact that it was even close says a lot about the season Joe Burrow is having. And – you know, you said it. Build up that wall, protect him, and the rest will come. You could figure out the defense later. You have receivers that are solid already. You have Joe Mixon at running back who, if I'm not mistaken, they have locked up for a couple more years. So I think they're good there. I like Zach Taylor. I think he could be a good NFL head coach. So they have a solid foundation. They just need a couple more very important blocks. And once they figure that out, uh, you know, you mentioned Sewell, Sewell, however you pronounce he, his name, would be a huge pickup for them. He would be the first overall pick this year if Trevor Lawrence wasn't in the draft. And maybe Justin Fields, but he is he is literally that good. Yeah, and yeah, that's so true. if you can if you can get him in the building, I mean, that's just a, a no, they need one to get step. Him in the building. 
Joe Burrow was sacked 32 times in 10 games. What was that top? Was that number three on the list? I'm not sure if that was number three on the list, but I just know that's a lot of times to get sacked in those amount of games. I know who's number and one. And he was probably pressured on probably half half of his dropbacks. The thing about it is that I think Joe Burrow will come back good from this injury because he doesn't rely on athleticism. He has great arm talent, or I, I guess you could say great, maybe pretty good, you know, borderline his great. His IQ is off the charts. That's what it is. How he reads defenses, that's what makes Joe Burrow great and potentially has the potential to be one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Right now, you know, there's a there was a question. I was looking at the headlines of uh, First Take this morning in sports media, stuff like that, just mainstream media. And First Take, one of the questions was, is it the Bengals' fault that Joe Burrow got injured? What? And to answer that question, I don't think it is. You know, we see quarterbacks with bad offensive lines all the time that don't get hurt. I mean, Daniel Jones, he hasn't gotten a major injury. Sam Darnold, we could name so many quarterbacks that it hasn't happened to. This is just bad luck. It's it happens like this accident. in football. That's just, what It just happens like that in football sometimes. You could have as great of an offensive line as you want. Look at Dak Prescott. All it ta- Yeah, exactly. All it takes is one bad landing, which Look is what Carson it was. Wentz. Yeah, he, think about it this way. He got sacked 31 times before that and was perfectly fine, to an extent at least. And now... Just because one wrong landing, if that didn't happen, the question wouldn't be, are the Bengals failing Joe Burrow? It would have just been another sack. So as much as they didn't build up that offensive line, Rome wasn't built in a day. They went out and they got their quarterback of the future. And beyond that, they didn't pick again for 31 picks. So I don't know what you want them to do. You know, you can only do so much in one year for the fact that they found Joe Burrow, who looks like a franchise guy, that's impressive enough, and I think that, like I mentioned with what they want to do next year, you find your franchise guy, the rest falls in line. So now they got to find the offensive line and work from there, I think. We've talked about two quarterbacks that got their first start. One quarterback got a major injury. Now we're going to talk about two quarterbacks that got, that got one that got benched and one that are people that people want to get benched. The first one is Carson Wentz. I know, Riv, you're an Eagles fan. So I want to ask you the question first. Is oh it time God. is it time to bench Carson Wentz? Um <clears throat> You know, it's a, it's a tricky situation cuz if we bench him, what are we going to put Jalen Hurts in, right? We put him we're going to put him in a pretty sickening situation for him to get hurt to. So I, I I think you I don't think you bench him. I think you just ride out the season. The season's already a lost cause even if we make the playoffs. We're probably going to get destroyed by <laughs> The Bucks. Right now, we're supposed to be playing the Bucks, so they're gonna, they're gonna destroy us. I think you ride him out the season. You play him the season, because if you bench him now, you put Jalen Hurts in. There's a chance. It's not like that offensive line is gonna get any better. It's not like the, re- the receivers are gonna get any better. The injuries are still gonna happen throughout the year. The defense has been playing well. The past defense has been playing really well. So that's one thing about us, and that's been a struggle for us all year. It's sad that now that that's better, everything else has dropped. So I think you start him for the rest of the year. Just ride it out, and then you figure out in the offseason because this year's a lost cause. This the first time that I'm I'm going to agree with you about Carson Wentz when we talk about him. I could have came on the show today and bashed Carson Wentz and called him horrible and said he's an interception machine and said he leads the league in turnovers and said and say he's not better than Dak in this season is why. I could have I could have came on the show and probably made an argument for all those things and said you're crazy not to want to start Jalen Hurts. But I think people 
get too lost in the moment, especially in the age of social media. People are too quick to jump the gun and want change to happen right away. I mean, damn, can a quarterback just have a bad year? Like, that's what I'm thinking right now. Like, Carson Wentz last year threw 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. This year, yeah, he's 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. He's having a bad year. But every great quarterback has had a bad year. Ben Roethlisberger in 2006 threw 18 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Eli Manning. So another, Eli Manning has had a Peyton lot Manning, of. Hall of he's Famer. had a lot of bad years, you know. So <laughs> bad years. I mean, I think his touchdown. I think it's like win and loss records. Like even. Yeah, it right? is. He's the even guy. <laughs> so he's had a lot of bad years. So people want to knock Carson Wentz after he's had three straight. Pretty good seasons. The one year he does bad, it's it's time to bench him for Jalen Hurts. If it was a better quarterback, I may be on board. But I think <laughs> people think that Jalen Hurts is this generational guy. If you put Jalen Hurts in, yeah, you'll be more effective in running the ball and maybe some like wildcat plays. But he's not a better thrower of the football than Carson Wentz. So you'll downgrade in that area. He's not a playmaker. I just don't. I, I don't know. I disagree with that. I, I think Jalen Hurts just isn't what people think he is. There's a, some sort of emotional attachment to Jalen Hurts amongst fans because he's fresh out of college and he's shown he's a great leader. But I don't think he's that, he's that great of a quarterback and definitely not good enough to try to start over Wentz right now. I'll say this. <clears throat> Carson Wentz is, you could make an argument for the worst starting quarterback in the league this year. I mean, he, he entered this past week 32nd in completion percentage, 31st in yards per attempt. He had the most interceptions and the most sacks in the league. He was the lowest rated starting quarterback by PFF coming into the week. So, I mean, and on top of that, he was the lowest graded quarterback in the entire league on first down, which just kills the flow of the offense, and it shows in their offense throughout the season. Um, The one thing, and I agree with you, I think that people are too reactionary these days, and I don't know if I would say I would bench him personally. The one thing that I really disagree with coming out of the Eagles is Doug Peterson said this past week that benching Wentz would send the wrong message to your football team that this season is over. And I could not disagree with that more. I think that the way Carson Wentz has played this year has hurt their playoff chances. And I don't know that many quarterbacks would be doing better in this system. And I do want to say to his defense because it's something I'll mention about another quarterback later in the show. His receivers have not been good. I mean, Travis Fulgham has been solid, but other than that, he hasn't had a, a consistent Cause, receiver cause all year Travis long. Travis Fulgham is starting to get treated like a number one receiver. Yeah, exactly. Denzel Ward was on him a lot of snaps, and he was locking him down. And, and oh, that's the problem. If Travis Fulgham is getting guarded like a number one, who else is getting receptions? Greg Ward, Jalen Rieger's been hurt. Alshon's been back, and he hasn't you know, did a lick. You, his receivers have not been there whatsoever. His line has been very poor all season long, and that leads to at least some of the sack numbers. So the situation isn't great. The one thing that I would say is I think that drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round showed that they saw something in him. And right now, I think that football team at the top of the division needs a spark. And I think that Jalen, Hur- Jalen Hurts could be a spark for that football team. I don't, I'm not saying that I think they should bench him or shouldn't bench him, but when it comes to Doug Peterson saying he thinks it would send the wrong message to the team by benching him, I disagree completely. I think it would send a good message to the team that they want to win this season 
even at the cost of benching their quarterback, who they're paying a hundred million plus dollars over the next four years, you know, I think that it would send a message to the team that we want to win at all costs right now. Do I think he'll do better? Like you mentioned, I think the run game will be better, and maybe that's what they need because their receiving game hasn't been good this year. So maybe it would be a plus, but right now I don't see any avenue for the Eagles to be the team that we thought they were going to be this season. I would, I would say, like, because the running game has been, I think Miles Sanders is top five in uh, yards per carry. So he's been he's been he's been one of the lone bright spots this year. I, I would say blame has to go from top to bottom. I feel like everybody's blaming Wentz, and he's the quarterback, so he's going to get most of the blame. I think he deserves a lot of the blame, but I feel like Doug Peterson's play calling on offense deserves blame. I feel like the defense, the rush defense, hasn't been what it's been over the past four or five years. It's been pretty down this year. I think the receivers, obviously, you have to put. You have you guys haven't been healthy. We're paying Deshaun about ten mil. We're paying Alshon about thirteen mil. They haven't been healthy. Travis Fulgham, like you said, he's been good, but you put a number one corner on him. What does he do? He's quiet all game. Jalen Rieger, he because well, he's he's not a number one. Yeah, Jalen Rieger, he'll he'll be better down the line. He's yeah. just this is rookie uh, Travis year. Fulgham is just I think yeah, Travis Fulgham is just adjusting. To the coverage, I yeah. think he's going to be really well, he's good. He's good. I just maybe, think he's he's never had. The maybe he can be a number one down the line, but right now he, I don't think he's a guy yeah. that you could put at the number one spot. And Richard Rodgers has been your most consistent receiver. Think about that, and That's the one bad. that Carson Wentz trusts the most. When uh, I watch, I think he he trusts Dallas too. I think Richard Rodgers has took that spot though. When I when I just watched it, watched the well, game, Dallas, I see Richard Rodgers. And that Wentz yeah. connection much more. Because Dallas is getting guarded like how Zach Ertz was getting guarded because he's taking that spot because Zach has been hurt. And that's another guy who's playing horrible. He didn't fell off too. So I think this roster is one of the oldest in the league and also put in a, we put in a lot of cap in this roster. So now we're going to have to make a huge adjustment. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to rock with Carson Wentz next year. We got Travis Fulgham. He's young. He's We got to pay him. Jalen Rieger's young. Miles Sanders. So we have young talent. Yeah. But we just got to figure out. Everybody has to take blame. We need a new play call. I, I saw on the Eagles page where they might make a push for that Eric Bellini guy. Eric Bianami. Yeah, I hope oh, so. Yeah, Bellini. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, but we just everybody. I'm tired of everybody blaming Wentz. Everybody deserves blame. Wentz gets about I'm about 35 percent of the blame, and then that's when we start dodging this to everybody else. What well, I think is a, an important date: October 11, 2018. Carson Wentz had a back back fracture, mm. and since then he's played thirty four games. He's thrown sixty three touchdowns, thirty. He's had thirty two fumbles, and he's had twenty seven interceptions. I think it has to do with it. I think it definitely has and, something to do with it. I was going to ask that question before you move on. Is he has never been the same since that MVP season? Is he? ever going to get back to that level or did they make a mistake in paying him all that money hoping that he would well think think about that year you know that year that was that was that was an impressive year we had a great run we had guys who knew their role everybody was happy the old line was playing great we had receivers we didn't have like a number one but we had guys who just knew what to do yeah you, then we fast tracked this year Alshon's unhappy we got guys coming off the practice squad you know, Carson Wentz, a lot of the times he has to run out the pocket and make a play. He, he seems a little timid with the guys he's throwing the ball to. He holds the ball too long. So he, to get back to the MVP level, I feel like he just has to find his confidence. You know, that year you saw him. He was lighting the league on fire. And now 
He's confident. He's unconfident. He doesn't throw the ball like he used to. He's hesitant a lot of times. Sometimes he tries to make a play by running when somebody's open. I don't think he's trusting his offense because he's been sacked so much. He just feels like he has to play hero ball all the time. So I think if once we instill some confidence with our team, I think he'll be all right. I think they were in a tough situation that year. They had to pay him because Nick Foles was coming off that Super Bowl MVP. Has, so you had to show confidence side, yeah. that Carson Wentz was a guy. They were in a tricky situation. Did they pay him prematurely? Yes. Was it the right decision to pay him? Yes. It was just if, bad if, timing. If he didn't get paid that year, he was going to get paid after he threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. You know, if he would have got paid this past year, he would have got paid regardless. Probably. This is just the one season he has an off year, and I think we have to give it time before we label him as whatever title people want to start labeling Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I think that even if you bench him this year, I'm not saying give up on him forever unless Jalen Hurts comes in and is Lamar Jackson. You know, I think that even if you bench him this year for Jalen Hurts, it could be just a this year thing or this game thing and, and test it out while also believing Carson Wentz can be your franchise guy. Maybe the situation just isn't good for him right now. Yeah. Carson Wentz, people are thinking about benching him. But Tua actually got benched. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa got benched. I think it was late in the third quarter or early in the fourth. fourth. Yeah, early in the fourth, he got benched. I need Jack to go first here. In all honesty, you know, I got a lot to say about this subject, but I'll let you. If you guys want to go first, you guys can go first. How long are you? Because I'll just. Mine's I don't think. Brief. I don't think I'll say too much. I think maybe maybe like a minute, two minutes. And I I actually I want to hear what you say first. So well, before you speak, I just want. Just to, to read this quote by Ryan Fitzpatrick before you even speak and go on your little one to two minute monologue here. He um he says, it's very clear this is Tua's team, Fitzpatrick says. Tua is going to continue to get better and grow. There is no controversy. It's his team. And he's going to continue to lead the team. We just have to all pull in the right direction. So before I hear what you have to say, I just want you to understand that Fitzpatrick believes that this is Tua's team. Of course he okay. does. Just, yeah, who cares? Yeah. What I'm going to say is that Here we go. Did Tua deserve to get benched yesterday? He didn't. The only the only bad alarming decision that I've seen from him was in the first quarter where he threw the ball rolling to his right kind of like an awkward throw and Justin Simmons intercepted it. I didn't see enough throughout the game for Tua to get benched. He after that bad decision, I didn't see him make any other bad decision. By the way, that interception was called back, so it didn't show up in the stat sheet. But, it's, it's, yeah, but whatever. <clears throat> Ryan Strachan came in, and his, Fitzpatrick's first drive, he was about to throw an interception, but it got dropped. You know, he, he led the team down the field. They had a chance to score and tie the game up. Justin Simmons makes a great play on the ball and intercepts it. And I don't think that pass and that play was on Fitz. I just thought that was a great play by Justin Simmons. He was all the way on the other side of the field and made that play. With that being said, Tua has not been impressive so far. He has not been somebody to me that I look at and I'm like, wow. You know, I see something special. I see something great. Tua, he can be a good quarterback. He can be a game manager-esque quarterback. That's who he's going to be. He's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy for the Dolphins. He's not going to be that guy for any other team. He was a great college quarterback. He won't be a great NFL quarterback. And the Dolphins roster is starting to come along right now. 
You know, Brian Flores is a great coach. Their defense is top 10. They're getting some more offensive pieces. They're just going to continue to build. They have a pick in this draft to maybe draft a quarterback. But outside of outside of Trevor Lawrence, wait a minute. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, there isn't a franchise guy that I think that you Whoa. could spend the pick on. I think Justin Fields is good, but is he Trevor Lawrence-esque? Ohio no. State quarterback. Zach, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. He's had a great year. Do I believe in him? He's kind of short. He has a <laughs> he has a great arm. He's not that mobile. <laughs> Trey Lance. I'm not sold on either. The guy. What the right decision is only Trevor Lawrence if you're trying to give up Tua, right? That's not gonna happen. And so I if say any, that if any team not to cut you off, if any team could do it though, it is the Dolphins because they have enough draft yeah, capital. Yeah, yeah. But Jets won't do <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I what I'll say is that Tua is a game manager. He's not gonna be the franchise quarterback for the Dolphins. He's just not. And the decision for the Dolphins to pass up on Justin Herbert is going to haunt them. Because the Dolphins will be a good team. They'll be competitive. But we're always going to look back and be like, they didn't reach their peak or they didn't reach their maximum potential because the quarterback position was always holding them back, which happens to a lot of teams. We saw that with the 49ers last year. Great teams, they they just, you need a great quarterback to win, and Tua is not that. He's a game manager. And I think if you can in the offseason, if you if there's a guy, you talked about Dak to 49ers. What if Dak goes to Miami? What it, I think Dak, you gotta get a guy who's shown glimpses of greatness and can be that guy. Tua's not that guy. He's a game manager at best. The decision not to draft Justin Herbert will haunt the Dolphins for as long as his run continues. This you, might get heated. You and I both know that's not gonna happen. That Prescott to the Dolphins. It might not happen, but I think it should. You said a lot of things just now. Okay, okay. Let let me start. I first want to talk about the original topic at hand. Please go there first. So, you look at the game. I don't think the Tua played bad. He didn't play good. He was just average. And I want to give credit to the Broncos because a lot of people have talked about the Dolphins. The Broncos' defense was terrific. They played great. And... The Broncos have been one of the most unfortunate teams all year because they stayed healthy. They really could have at least made some people's lives a lot tougher this season, but with all the injuries they've had, you haven't seen them at full strength. They played really well, and that defense was awesome. Tua was sacked six times. He didn't really get any help from his receivers creating separation. I'll say half of those sacks were on him holding the ball too yes, long. Yes, yeah, at least half of his sacks yeah, were on him it. holding the ball too long. <laughs> His receivers didn't get great separation, I'll say that too. Um, And he faced pressure on 44% of his dropbacks, which is not great. Not a great situation to put your rookie quarterback in. And the offensive line has been much better the last three starts coming into this one. Um, But like I said, he didn't play well by any means. The reason he got benched is because when you look at it, the Dolphins were down 20-10 to with 10.44 left when Fitzpatrick came in. In Fitz's six starts with the Dolphins, their offense averaged 354 yards a game as opposed to Tua in his four starts, they averaged 240 yards a game. And other than that, drop off. Other than that one drive against Arizona towards the end of the game where he I believe he tied it up at 27. You haven't re- like you said, he's been more of a game manager than anything. That one drive against Arizona, I feel like he showed signs of okay, this guy can be something. Other than that, they've been babying him into this offense. And you know just as well as I do, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is 
going to be the hero or the zero in the game. And that is what the Dolphins needed. They didn't need Tua to be a game manager for the last 10 minutes and 44 seconds. They wouldn't have won the game. The offense was not doing anything. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, at least you have a chance that he will come out and be that hero and make the plays downfield that I don't think Tua, they'll put him in that position right now. So, okay, is Tua that guy? I don't think it's fair to judge him after four games. When and here's another point it's I'll not make too early. on Tua. Sometimes you know when he, you know you know. Tua Tua Tagovailoa before four weeks ago <laughs> did not compete in any football whatsoever for a year. So you're bringing a guy from never playing in a football game over the course of a year to starting to ease him back into the offense, and we all agreed on that over the past three weeks. They've babied him into the offense. They've been running a lot of play action, a lot of short routes. They haven't been forcing him to do too many things that you would expect out of an elite quarterback. So, he hasn't been Justin Herbert. There's no, I'm not under no any illusion that. that he has been. But I don't think it's fair to judge him four games into his career. Do I think that Justin Herbert will have a better career based on what we've seen? 100%. And people will look back at that draft, I think, and say, wow, they missed on Justin Herbert. But I don't think that that should be an indictment on Tua. And I do think that Tua can be their franchise guy. I'm not ready not to chance. say he's not. Not a chance. Not a chance. He just he just went on and told me their offense was better with the journeyman quarterback than with the, the, fit, the fifth Why, overall pick. Because they threw more yards? Mm-mm. I said in the position they were in, they were in a better spot to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in. No, which, but you told me they averaged 100 more yards with Fitz than without yeah, Fitz. Yes, because Tua. they run the offense differently. So, okay, you know that what Tua's known for is RPO. Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he got into the game yesterday, he ran about three to four plays RPOs. He went about three to four RPOs. I barely saw Tua running the RPOs yesterday. Watching the game, I didn't see it. Uh, I think that... Your analysis on Tua saying he's not a franchise player because he's not four games. He's not is a little immature because it, it, like Jack said, they've been babying him and slowly getting him into the offense. And not to mention the Dolphins aren't they're they're just scratching the surface of what they can truly become. So the and, team, and, you, and yes. you tried to say and then you tried to bring up the Niners last year and try to make it seem like it was Jimmy G's fault that they lost the Super Bowl. They did. Because of Jimmy G. Did you see the game? Did you forget the defense gave up points in the fourth and they had to big lead? Did you see the last drive where he missed Emmanuel yeah, that, yeah, Sanders? But don't, don't blow it on. Don't don't make you're, – you're making it seem like a game manager can't lead a team to the Super Bowl. Oh, I never said that. You can't win one, though. I mean – when is, In history, when is the last one besides Nick Foles and maybe Eli Manning? Like, all quarterbacks who've won the Super Bowl have been great quarterbacks. But to Tom say, Brady, but Peyton this, Manning. Yeah, but to say Russell to Wilson. say what he's going to be after four games is crazy because they've been babying him into an offense. No, I don't think it's crazy. Seen, and like is Jack it? said, they have he hasn't played football before that game one in damn near a year. Before he got hurt, Tua was without a doubt a top two pick going into the draft. People knew what Tua was going to be. Tua gets hurt, then it was all these doubts. Oh, his hip. Oh, this that. He comes in and gets drafted. He, that's his first time playing football that game one. So for you to judge him. Or four games we had him play football prior to that in a year. That's immature. I'm glad Tua wasn't the number one pick. Because if he was and he went to a team like the Bengals, we'd be calling well, him a, we'd be calling on. him a bus right hold now. On. Because he would he would not have been he wouldn't have fallen to number five if he didn't have no, the no, injury. No, no, if he had, had the injury, it was the narrative was tanking for Tua. He wouldn't have been if, one though. If he 
It really, no, I don't know about I, that. I think he, he might have been, been one. I don't, I'm saying I if Brewer he was, was if he was number one, that would have been the worst decision a franchise would have ever made. Damn. He also, if he was <laughs> if he was the number one pick, he would not be playing or he would not be coached the way he's being coached. And he'd be right in worse situation. You don't know. Miami's that. a good situation. They're That's coaching fair. That's Tua, a fair point. They're coaching Tua like that because they know he can't do certain things. That's why they're coaching Tua that way. They're not coaching him the way because if he was as good as Justin uh, Herbert, they'd be co- they'd be cultivating a totally different game plan Justin, around Okay, him. so let me ask you a question. You think if Justin Herbert didn't play a year of football and then got drafted, and they would he would have been playing like that? I think that there's a lot. I think playing that like how he's playing now. Yeah. Or they would have babied him into the offense. Be honest. I, think, I don't know if they wouldn't have babied him into the offense because he's better than Tua. They're babying Tua because he's not as good, or because he didn't play football for a year. There's no, a lot. So. There's a lot more that goes into the way they're coaching Tua, in my opinion, at least, than you're giving credit to. I'm just saying Tua is not that guy. When I see it, he lacks mobility. He's not. He's even though he was known for his accuracy in college, he hasn't shown it as much in the NFL when he's had to make great throws. And this game was a prime example of that. He doesn't have great arm strength. He's short for the position. When you're short. For the quarterback position, you got to be great athletically. You have to be able to run like Russell Wilson or Colin Murray. Outside of Drew Brees, is not a guy who's been six foot who's been succeeding. We see Baker Mayfield. He shouldn't have been the number one pick. And we know that now because he lacks mobility and he's short for the position. And he's another guy that came, came out of college and his accuracy was something to rave about. He was insanely accurate. You talk about Baker and who? Baker. I mean, when Baker, you got to be listening, man. But I'm just saying... Tua is not that guy. There's two. When you look at great quarterbacks, they have, they're either so great athletically, or they have great physical tools. Like they're tall. They're six three, six five. Tua is not that. I don't see greatness from Tua. He's a game manager at most. And I'm telling you now, it may be premature to say it, but I feel comfortable saying it based off what I've seen. The Dolphins' downfall for the next couple of years will be the quarterback position. That's going to be their downfall. I want I want to see at least a year out of Tua before I can feel comfortable saying that, or even say it's, it's not premature to say. Just because, you know, like every point that I've mentioned so far, he didn't play a year of competitive football. He's, they they would not have, in my opinion, started him at all if they didn't think that he was an NFL quarterback. You know, they saw something in him that they thought, okay, we can, we are a playoff team. And we want him to be the quarterback at this time. I think it might have been a little premature to start him if they weren't ready to let him off the leash. But clearly, they're not ready to let him off the leash, or they would have let him go with ten forty four to go in the fourth quarter yesterday. You know, you you talk about babying into the offense, but I really don't think Brian Flores is that type of coach. I mean, if you saw the posting of interviews and you've been seeing what Brian Flores is saying, he's a no BS coach. That's that's yeah. what he is. He's going to tell you how it is. They said, hey, was Tua injured? He didn't say, yeah, and lie and pretend to protect his quarterback. He said, no, we thought Fitzpatrick gave us a better chance. He's a straight-up guy. He put Tua in because he believed Tua was better than Fitz at the moment. And, I mean, Fitz, all respect to him, but he's a journeyman quarterback. It's not that hard to be better than Fitz if you're supposed to be a franchise guy. So I don't think they're babying him. I think this is just who he is. That's what I think. I just think it's very premature to say that. Well, I can so, say that. So, I feel so what about the shootout it. against the Cardinals that he won the game for them? Was that a fluke? Every, every game manager has a good game. You know, it's like that. Game managers have good games. Like so, that. so twenty five percent almost won an MVP. Like game managers, game managers, nothing wrong with being a game manager though. 
No, there's nothing wrong there's with nothing it. Wrong I with just it. think it, I'm and, just saying he's not that, a franchise if that's his, guy. If that's his floor, then I think that the Dolphins should be feel fine with their pick, other you, than the fact yeah, that he was drafted ahead of Justin manager. Herbert. Yeah, he's he's pretty, kind of a game manager. What what good. I think is that you shouldn't be fine with the pick because you pass on Herbert. Well, that's well, a, that's, that's, that's a whole different that's, that's a whole different conversation. Is. Yeah, but that's what it's going to be compared to years down the line. And I agree with you at the start of the segment that years down the line they will more than likely be looking back and saying we wish that we had just drafted Justin Herbert. But I don't think you that, know I don't think that Tua I don't think that that means that Tua can't lead them to success. I'm gonna even go as far to saying oh, this: <laughs> this quarterback hasn't even played yet. But Jordan Love will be better than Tua. Book it. But what what see. basis do you have to that? I just seen I Jordan Love college. play. I've seen Jordan Love play, and I feel like he has way more potential. You've never seen him play in an NFL game, <laughs> so you're judging. He's Tua. learning so, under so, Aaron Rodgers but, and Matt but let me LaFleur. Ask you something, but let me ask you something. You're judging Tua based on his four NFL starts, but you're judging Jordan Love based on his played. Nevada career. <laughs> Why you the Nevada. Like we're not talking about Alabama or Clemson. So Jordan Love, We're talking about am Nevada. I going to bank on a guy in Jordan Love who's learning under one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers and in a Matt LaFleur offense, which is very Didn't quarterback Didn't Jimmy G learn under Tom Brady? For a couple years, yeah. Is he a game manager? But Jimmy G does not have the talent Jordan Love has. Jordan sure. Love's arm is phenomenal. He might, he might throw the farthest ball out of – he might be top five in terms of arm strength in the NFL right now. That's just a, that's just a guess though. I think it's unfair. No, I don't ju- think it's a guess. I think he has that. No, I'm saying to take. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. saying to take Jordan Love over Tua is a guess at this point. No, I think I, it's, it's it is a guess, <laughs> but that's the guess I'm making. I'm not. I told you. Well, what's your base of I argument? I told you though? I'm going out on the limb and saying it because I've seen Jordan Love and I think the talent is good enough to where they're gonna they're gonna develop him into a better quarterback. But I'm saying that's the guess I'm willing to take. I mean, all of these are. Guesses, but for me, I think they're educated guesses. I think from what I've seen, from what I've been educated on, I'm making. So this a guess. is just well hot take. The hot take this is Jordan Love. Okay, hot, that's what I'm saying. The hot my okay. hot take. Jordan Love. Tua not being a franchise quarterback is not a hot take. No, that's, that's a, a regular, fact. That's a regular. That's take. going to that's, happen. That's a regular. Take. The Jordan Love one. Hot take. It's a hot take. Okay, so we agree. On I'll that, be right? honest about it. That's crazy. That's od though. I my only thing about it is, and that's fine. That's your hot take, but. Tua also looked incredible at Alabama against better competition. A better team, too. Yeah, of course. Wait, what? <laughs> but I, I'm saying I think it's a little unfair to judge Jordan Love just based on how he played at Nevada. I did and then not I, take wait, into consideration. Hold up, hold up. When, when once did I say that I think Jordan Love will be well, better based you, off his college you career? You said you watched him. No, no, I've said potential-wise and his, his and physical you attributes. You said you've you watched said, oh, him but play. I, I never, but hold up. But one, not once did I say I'm taking Jordan Love because of his touchdowns, quarterback rating, completion percentage. I just said I think he has more physical attributes than Tua. And I mentioned coaching. Well, the, I mentioned you, coaching the, and the, development. The, the, yes, the I fir- think that was the first thing. No, no, no. The first thing, no, 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 no. The first thing you said tape. was I've watched him yeah, play. You said I've watched yeah, him play. Yeah, I watched him play, but I didn't, I didn't mention stats, though. I'm talking about the eye test, just his arm strength. He has a way better arm than Tua, and he's more athletic than Tua. I mean, the same. And you, the same I don't, I don't have Allen. to watch him in the NFL and college and Tua in NFL and college to know that Jordan Love is better athletically and he has a better arm. I, I just, I did not once mention his stats no, as, yeah, a, as yeah, an indicator yeah. as to why he'll be better. I think that Tua is. I don't know how to word this correctly. I just think he's being a little unfairly judged this season because he's been playing in the same rookie class as two of the greatest rookie quarterbacks ever, statistically. So obviously, 
the expectations are going to be higher, and I don't think that he was ready for that. I want to see him with a year of NFL experience under his belt because I thought that the Dolphins would have been better off sitting him all season and letting him learn under Fitzpatrick, learn the offense, get adjusted to NFL game speed and practice. Well, it's not exactly the same. You know, I don't think he was ready to start this year. And I think that next year will be a more fair indicator of where he's at as a quarterback. But I do agree what we've seen out of him so far is a game manager. Yeah, and like I said, what I'm what I said is going to happen. Oh wow. This is a fact. It's a fact. Okay. <laughs> you can pull up the video two, three years from now. What I'm saying right now is a fact. It's going to happen. But now we're gonna move off this non franchise oh, game manager quarterback. We're gonna talk about a franchise quarterback. The quarterback that the Miami Dolphins should have taken, Justin Herbert. And the question is easy. Is Justin Herbert the runaway offensive rookie of the year? I'll start with you, Jack. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you thought I was going to start with yeah, you. Yeah, I thought you was doing it. It's that. not even close. The only person that probably, well, I sh- let, let, me, let me bring everything into play here. The person that was neck and neck with him, I think, or at least proverbially neck and neck, was, was Joe Burrow. And him going down on Sunday, unfortunately, he's out of the race. But you look at what Herbert's done, 68%, 2,700 yards, which is 300 yards a game damn near, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. And the rookie touchdown record is 37, which he looks... 27. 27, my bad. Mm-hmm. She's well on pace to beat. Um, he, he should far and away be the winner. The one person now that I think will be the only guy to give him a run for his money, and I don't think he will win it, just because I think that Herbert has had much more of an impact, is Justin Jefferson. I wanted to mention him because you look at what he's done. He's on pace for 75 receptions and 1,355 yards, which is better than undoubtedly the greatest rookie receiving season of all time of Randy Moss. So Justin Jefferson in any other year would probably be the runaway favorite. But what Justin Herbert has done, the Chargers have not lost a single game by more than a touchdown this year. With their defense being as bad as it's been, and and everything, the the play calling, the, the, the coaching, line. the offensive line, the injuries, whatever it may have been, he's kept them competitive against good teams too, against really good teams. So for me, it shouldn't even be close. I think that Joe Burrow was the only guy that could have even made it a real competition. Now I think he, he's far and away the guy. I think it's the easiest. I think uh, Justin Jefferson is going to probably get a vote. CeeDee Lamb is probably going to get a vote. But I think in the end, since Joe Burrow was out with an injury, Justin Herbert is going to run away with this award. I don't think Tua is going to catch him at all. I think Justin Herbert would end up just running away with this award. I think they should give it to him now, to be honest. There's a couple guys that have been having great rookie seasons. You mentioned Oh, that running one. back from the Jaguars. Is he a rookie? Yeah, James yeah, Robinson. Drafted He's James Robinson. I was going to mention him, but first I'll mention Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's having the greatest rookie receiving season, arguably all time. And he would have won in any other year if Justin Herbert wasn't having the greatest rookie quarterback season yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. But these are some other guys that are having tremendous seasons. You talk about Chase Claypool. He has 10 touchdowns already on the year. Who's just talking he, about that. He's on yeah. pace. He's on pace to break Randy Boss's record for touchdowns mm. in a season. What is that 12? 17. 17, I believe. Jack. I think it's 17. But I tell you about Randy Moss just before this. I'm playing with Then him. look, you got James Robinson on the Jaguars. Antonio Gibson is good on the on the Washington. DeAndre Swift. But people cater to quarterbacks. And even I think even if Justin Herbert wasn't having of as phenomenal of a season as he's been having, the award would have went to a quarterback. 
because quarterbacks typically get the edge. They're the ones that are fans' favorites. They're the ones that we see the most and we look up the most. So he was going to win it. But you talk about the rookie touchdown record. He's going to shatter that. The rookie touchdown record is 27 touchdowns. Herbert's on pace to get 37. The rookie passing yards record is held by Andrew Luck, Mm. 4,374 yards. Herbert is on pace to have 4,498 yards. Why'd you point at me? No, I'm just going (laughs) like this. Yeah, 4,498 yards. He's on pace to break the the rookie passing, um, passing yards record, the touchdown record, and also completions record if he gets 397, which is what he's projected to get. So I think there's no doubt about it. He should be the runaway offensive rookie of the year. And this goes back to what I was telling you. <laughs> the Dolphins have to be regretting this pick. Can I ask a question? Well, yeah. Can I ask a question before you guys continue? Because I don't really, uh, I'm not really in tuned into the college football world like you two are. Um, before the draft, right? Justin, Je- Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, Tua. Was Justin Herbert projected to be this great? He was not projected to be. No. Great. Justin Herbert, people, Justin people, Herbert by a lot of people, sorry to cut you off, but he no, was projected to be a bust. Exactly. So this was like a surprise, like, oh, wow, like we didn't know he would be this because, great. Because, or, or, I mean, as much as you say Alabama quarterbacks don't usually make it, Oregon quarterbacks almost never make it because they don't run a pro system. Okay. And, you know, as much as he looks solid there, when you broke down the film, I would recommend you go and watch the draft preview of him done by the QB school. Okay. Great channel. I would recommend it to anybody on YouTube. I watch them all the time. He did a great breakdown on Justin Herbert in college. And I think it says a lot about him, how much he's come into the NFL and improved. I mean, he must be a, an incredible hard worker. He's been working with Pep Hamilton too, which has helped him tremendously. Right. But okay. I totally agree with you. The Dolphins should be regretting the decision because Justin Herbert is having undoubtedly the best but quarterback said, rookie quarterback season ever. To be a bust, is it really their fault that they're well, regretting? No, the I, it is because for evaluating it, because um, what goes into it is also why did he not succeed at mm-hmm. Oregon as much as he did? Right. I mean, at Oregon, he had I think three or four different offensive coordinators. Never was in the same system, so now you have some continuity. That's how we right. can get better. And they ran a ton of screens at Oregon. So they limited li- limited what he could do. Yeah, and even if you even if you don't blame yourself, you can still you know, look back in hindsight and regret the pick. And and they're going to do that if things keep going the I way mean, they because are because Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer the way he's the, played. The thing with Justin Herbert is that when you talk about physical attributes, two is not close. Herbert is 6-4, I think slash 6-5. He had the best arm in the draft. Right. Like if you if you counted on your coaching staff to develop this guy, then it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean we we've, we've seen this happen already. I think a few times. I mean people were wrong about Josh Allen. They were wrong about Lamar Jackson, yeah, including you. They were wrong about who Lamar Jackson. Oh Josh Allen. Oh Josh Allen. Yeah. I yeah. No, what I what I said stop. about what I said about Josh Allen is because I'm a Jets fan. Oh, but, so you said out of hate. Because I'm a Jets fan, not out of hate, just out of because of my fandom. But before the draft evaluation, I was like, I wouldn't be mad if they just drafted Josh Allen. But, you know, they've missed on a couple guys. Justin Herbert being the latest instance. A guy who does a great job at evaluating quarterbacks is Chris Sims at a CBS Sport, NBC, yeah. NBC Sports. I mean, this guy in the 2018 draft, he ranked... I think Lamar Jackson won and mm. Josh Allen too. Oh, so he hit it. Like on the, he, he hit, hit it on, the money. on 
he hit it the head on the nail, whatever how you say that. I saying. think that's how you say. And then last year, this up this last draft, I think he called Joe Burrow one and uh, Justin Herbert two, and I think he said Jordan Love three and two or four, something like that. I know that the first two were jo- Joe Burrow and Sims? Justin Herbert. Yeah, Chris Sims. He does a great job at evaluating the quarterbacks, and he's usually pretty right about this. But Herbert, look at this. His he has the most touch. He has the the most touchdowns in his first. The most touchdowns in their first nine career starts are number one, Kurt Warner, Mahomes, then Watson, then Herbert is fourth with twenty one touchdowns. He's the highest. He's one of the highest graded quarterbacks under pressure, only behind Mahomes. He's second to Mahomes, third is wow. Wilson. So, like, this guy is really doing something phenomenal right yeah, now. He's a star. The only question he at this point is, and I know we have he a couple Chargers fans yeah. watching, the only question now is where the organization goes from here because they need a new head coach. They need to work on that offensive line. I think the weapons are fine. I don't know how sustainable they are, but that receiving core, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're, they're solid receivers. They have Eckler in the backfield. Keenan Allen, and, I think he's an elite receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, overall, the core, yeah. I think, is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the running backs are there. It seems like even with Eckler out, they've had a solid shuffle of running backs going in there. And the defense, I think, once they get healthy, has enough building blocks. It's now just supplementing that talent and, most importantly, getting the right head coach in the building. Bring in Eric Bieniemy. Keep him in the division. You know, I don't see why he wouldn't want that job. That'll be the perfect job for him with a, a superstar type talent at quarterback and, and a pretty solid backbone to build around. I think that would be a perfect job and the perfect guy to bring in. But the coaching job is super important. And, you know, building from there, they could be the next Chiefs. Justin Herbert is just Justin Herbert is just the latest great quarterback that we've been seeing glimpses of. But there are two teams right now that are in a race to get that next projected great quarterback, which is Trevor Lawrence. It's the Jets and the Jaguars. The Jets are 0-10 now. The Damn. Jaguars are 1-9. And the question is, who's going to secure that number one pick? Because I, I think if the Jets win one game and they both finish off yeah. with one game, the Jaguars get the first yeah, pick, right? because strength of schedule. Exactly. I know the, the Jaguars have the easier strength of schedule over the entire season, so they you would get it. You guys will lose every single game y'all play. There's no doubt about that. So who is going to get the number one pick? Will it be the Jets or will it be the Jaguars? Jets. You want you want me to go? Well, yeah, you could go. I think I mean, we'll agree I, on we this. All, we always, no, I think he's going to say the Jaguars. I don't think that there's any way the Jets win a game. I Tell me out of the – okay, so first I'll name the Jaguars schedule. They have the Browns, which I think is a definite loss because the Browns have actually looked pretty solid. Granted, it hasn't been against the best competition. I think the Browns are a loss. The Vikings, loss, probably a loss. The Titans, a loss. The Ravens, a loss. The Bears, who knows with them at this point in the They're season. Not score. And the Colts, a loss. The Jets have the Dolphins, which I think they're going to get blown out. There's no way they move the ball against that defense. They have the Raiders. Going to be another blowout because the Raiders are a much better team than people give them credit for. The Seahawks, there is no chance. Yo, they might put 50 on There is guys. no chance they stop Russell Wilson. The Rams, who we see them right now competing on Monday Night Football with the Bucks, I think they might actually be winning. The Bucks yeah. are winning. 
Okay, so they're at least in the game right now with a top three or four team in football. We're going to lose that one. The Browns, who I just said are going to beat the Jags, are also going to beat the Jets. And the Patriots, that's what it's going to come down to week 17. Can we lose to the Patriots week 17? I'm not under the belief, like Joel is, that you guys have looked at any types of better with Joe I th- Flacco. I I no, guys, they, they have looked I better. I think you guys are they, still that nah, same horrible team they, that you've been playing They're like still year. really bad, but they have definitely looked better. Bro, of and the fact of the better. matter we is... We had seven touchdowns, I think, in the first eight games or the first seven games. Yeah. And we have seven touchdowns in the last three It games. also helps that Adam Gase gave up the play-calling duties, although they're still not good. They're an improvement, which is not saying much. But Sam Darnold is also... Maybe coming back this week. He's supposed to practice on Wednesday. So if he plays, I think that's better for the Jets in terms of this because Sam Darnold, he hasn't, he's looked terrible with the Jets. And I don't think that's an indictment on Darnold as much as the Jets' offense, but I don't care who they put out at quarterback. I don't see the Jets winning a single game this season. I think that the Jaguars have more winnable games on their schedule. And I think that they've looked better overall than the Jets at, at points in the season. Like, I think you could pinpoint more points this season where the Jaguars looked like a real NFL team than the Jets. Jack, I, I, can't, I can't believe what you're saying right now. Mm. And the reason I can't believe it is because do you want us to lose out on the number one pick? <laughs> like, is, is it, no. do, do you want us to do it? Because right now, I just feel like you're jinxing the Jets. Oh, you know? well. And you're jinxing the Jets. I, there is a chance. I'm telling you, we know. We know how how second half Sam Donald has looked in the past before. He looks like a franchise quarterback. Second half of the season, Sam Donald has looked like a franchise quarterback with Denzel Mims, Crowder, and our healthy guys back. Is there a chance we can upset a team like the Browns? Yeah. Is there a chance we can upset a team like the Seahawks who have a bad defense? No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. There no, is. No. In the Patriots, no. as bad as they look, we almost upset them. I'll let you slide Th- on the this Browns is what I'm and Patriots. This is what I'm saying. The, Patriots. the Jaguars, they're they're not even pretending that they're trying that they're trying. They they're not trying at all. They have Jake Lutton starting. He's he's because Minshew's been hurt. He's horrible. I know. <laughs> Who else are they going to start? Minshew's Mike good. Glennon. That's what I'm saying though. Minshew's good, right? Yeah, he is good, and he's supposed to be Jake back Lutton, in the mix this week. Jake Lutton is bad. They're gonna they're gonna. Jaguars are going to go one in fifteen, no doubt about it. The Jets just have to win one game, and they'll fall to the second pick. And in my belief, Joe Flacco's not a bad quarterback. I don't. I think he's not going to be starting Joe, this week. Sam, I, I know, but Sam Donald, he is he uh one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, but is he a bad quarterback? No. I wouldn't say that. Any great? Can we have a great performance, an outlier performance from Sam Donald? We've seen it before. I'm saying, I'm not saying that we're gonna. Get it for sure, 100% guaranteed, because I would be jinxing the Jets. So I'm going to say the Jaguars are going to get it. Because well, I'm not jinxing the Jets. The Jaguars will get it. We need them to win one game. We're looking at the schedule right now, Browns, Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Bears, Colts. I think they'll beat – I think they could beat the uh, the Vikings or Bears. I, I'll give I, it to and them. Yeah, and that's I'll what I said. I For me – if, 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 if I'm going to say, say I think the Jets can beat the Browns, 
then I think the Jaguars can also beat the Browns because then we're just saying that we don't know what the Browns are week to week. So for me, that means if you're going to say the Jets have two winnable games and the Browns and Patriots, I'm not. I will not give you the Seahawks because their their offense is going to hang a fifty spot on. I don't us. know. I think that with all the stuff that's been going on between the two no. teams of trades, I'm no. telling you, no, there's there's game. some there's a storyline there. There's some tension. Yeah. There's some potential. Jamal upset Adams there. might kill Sam Darnold. Is that a hot take? Is that another? No, Jamal I'm not. Take? I'm just saying. Don't be surprised. Listen. I mean, you called it the Jets Super Bowl earlier I, in the season. Yes, you did. Yes, you ah. did. I ha- I had the Twitter DMs. You said, I don't care if we go winless. I just hope we win that game. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you called that game the Super Bowl. You, these players might be looking at it the same that was, way. That was at a way different point I know, but time. these players might be looking at, the, looking at it the same way. What, what exactly did I tweet that? that game. Mm-hmm. Was that before the season sure. started? Probably. But yeah, I'm just that saying. was a totally different but Jets I'm just team saying, than we're talking about right now. But I'm just saying, I cannot jinx the Jets and say they will for sure get the number one pick. I will say the Jags, and I will I will reap the benefits of not jinxing them when the Jets do get the number one pick. Okay, I will say this. I don't speak in jinxes. <laughs> I when it, when it comes to this, like I'm just going to speak my mind, whether it's the Jets or any other team. I just... You're looking at Sam Darnold is probably coming back this week, and the offense has been worse with him than without him, which I don't think is an indictment on Sam Darnold. We've spoken about that before. I think he could be fine elsewhere, but it's like an ugly relationship. It's best for both of them to just part ways. The Jaguars, you just said Gardner Minshew isn't that bad of a quarterback, and he's supposed to be back in the mix this week. So even if he's not starting this week, he should be back by next week. So... That just means the Jags are getting better and the Jets are getting worse. And I think the Jags have an easier schedule over the end of the season. I mean, when you look at it, out of the remaining games, on paper, the Jags have the fourth hardest schedule and the Jets have the sixth hardest schedule based on strength of schedule. Well, personally, I look at it, I think they can beat the Browns. I think they can beat the Patriots. I think they can beat the Vikings because those are three teams that are, I'm sorry, the Bears, the Vikings, the Browns. Yeah, yeah we get it. We get it. Like, you know, like, they, they, the schedule is going to be rough for both of them. We're not sure. I don't know if the viewers can see my chair. My chair is made of wood. I'm knocking on wood. So my jinx, is, uh, this is no longer a jinx. I'm just stating my football opinion. I don't see the Jets have not shown me anything to believe that they can win a game. Even when they've looked good against the Patriots, they got to six minutes left in the game with the football on the 20-yard line, and they aired out a 60-yard bomb. Like, that is a team that's actively trying to lose a football game. You can't convince me otherwise. Joe Flacco knows what's at stake. He wants to play well, but like when it comes down that. to it, he, he's the tank commander, and uh, we love him for it. I'd, I'd like to believe that, but I'm not 100% sold. But enough of this tanking <laughs> job and these two horrible franchises. Terrible. Now we're going to recap some games that happened. Two notable games that happened were the Titans and Ravens and Packers and Colts. We're going to two AFC South teams. We're going to talk about the Titans and Ravens first. And simple question: Has the league figured out the Baltimore Ravens? What do you think, Riv? Riv? What'd you call me? I called you Reeve. Reeve. I think we all talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think it's really starting now. It's starting to really look into form. Teams are starting starting to really catch up to them. And you know, the Ravens blew a lead that game. You know, they was up. They was winning. And looked like they was going to be okay. And then. They just lost the lead, and then you, you see that at the end, Derrick Henry with the big run and OT to get the W. And I feel like the Titans, you know, and it's funny because they had a fight or they had a little scuffle before the game with Malcolm Butler and the coach. So I feel like the Titans just have the Ravens' number. I think they have their heart right now. It's like they snatched their chain, and 
I think the Ravens, I don't I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year because everybody's starting to figure out their offense, and Lamar is starting to look more and more vulnerable as the weeks come, and the receivers are starting to look bad. Shout out to Dez, though. He had four catches. The re- Well, I, I agree with you. The Ravens might not be a playoff team this year, but I think that that's more just because the conference has been great Dolphins than Dolphins are there. Raiders are yeah. there. Uh, and we, we had this there. discussion last week yeah. talking about the Raiders, how good the conference has been. Um. We talked about the Eagles before, and I mentioned how I wanted to give Carson Wentz some excuses, for me, reasons why he hasn't played this well. I think that Lamar Jackson is getting all of the blame here, and I don't think it's all his fault. I think that you need to look at, they didn't bring in a number one wide receiver. Marquise Brown, at at least at this point in his career, is not a number one wide receiver, and I think that's become painfully clear. They haven't given him that elite wide receiver talent. The offensive line has taken big hits between Marshall Yonda leaving and, and or and then uh, Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie getting, Stanley injured. getting injured. So that's two huge losses. The running game has still been elite this season. They've been one of the top running offenses in the league, but the passing offense hasn't been there. And I think there's a lot of factors. I have not seen that improvement in Lamar's game. You know, it's the same thing it was last year. He'll make a couple nice throws in a game, but when it comes down to it, in a two-minute drill, you just can't trust him. And that's not a good thing for a team. But I also think that some of it has to go on the Ravens' shoulders as the line isn't there, the receiving weapons aren't there. And we talked about Lamar Jackson a couple of weeks, or might have been last week when he said the defenses were calling out the plays. The offense has become predictable. And I, ju- I don't think it should land on any one person's shoulders because I've heard so many people... I've heard people tell me that Lamar Jackson is the worst starting quarterback in the league, which is just outrageous. Who are you talking to? Your word. (laughs) Multiple people actually agreed with that statement. So, like, I think that it's a lot of recency bias. You're talking about Lamar Jackson, who just came off an MVP season. Am I saying he's the best quarterback in the league? Am I saying he's top five? No. But he's one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league. Let's cut him some slack figure out an elite wide receiver there and get our offensive line pieces back before we totally write him off as a quarterback. Like there's a lot of issues there that have gone into what has happened to the Ravens. Before I give my take, I'm going to just put out this tweet that I thought I tweeted last year. Here he go. I said this on Twitter. If you don't, if you want follow me on Twitter, don't follow him. 95% of my takes are correct. The Ravens running attack is great. This is what I said. said the Ravens running Did attack is great. To I told you stop listening. It's hiding a lot Control. of Lamar Jackson's flaws thus far. Until I can see Lamar Jackson win a game when the running game isn't going, I won't give him credit. These numbers are inflated. Maybe the most inflated I've ever seen. I still stand by this statement. Maybe Last year, I called Lamar Jackson no arm Lamar. I still call him that to this year. I have yet to see him win a game with his arm. That's why I call him no arm Lamar. He's inaccurate. And with all that being said, I will also say this. You're right. You got to cut Lamar some slack. He doesn't have a number one wide receiver. Marquise Brown was obviously the wrong pick. They should have took DK or Terry McLaurin. AJ Brown should have went before him. These are guys that are better. Marquise Brown hasn't proven to be that. The offensive line has been injured. Marshall Yonder retired. But also, I just think it's on Lamar having to audible and kind of read defenses sometimes, and he's not the best at that. I've said his strength is running. He's an elite runner of the football. He's not a great or an elite 
thrower of the football. He still has to get that. He still has to figure that part of his game out. When talking about if the Titans have them figured out, I don't think so. <clears throat> what was the major move that they made in the offseason to make sure Derrick Henry doesn't run for 200 yards again? They traded for Calais Campbell. Who wasn't playing yesterday? Calais Campbell. He's one of the best run defenders in the NFL. If Calais Campbell was playing, I think the game would have been much different. But he was playing. I mean, but he wasn't playing. So Derrick Henry got over 100 yards, and the game was still extremely close. I mean, the the thing is his receivers aren't good. They went from the first-ranked offense last year to the 12th this season. There's something obviously wrong there. And Lamar Jackson has kind of looked human. Right, like last year, people thought he was this guy, but he had 19 touchdowns in the red zone. I think like with under 10 yards. So his touchdowns weren't impressive. You look at the numbers, but and they were great, but they weren't impressive. And when you look at the history of Lamar Jackson and the teams that he's faced, the Ravens beat up on horrible, bad to average teams. They lose to the good and great ones, yeah. and that's just how it's I, been. I disagree with that. They, I, I know for one instance specifically, they beat the Patriots last year, the best defense in football, by two touchdowns. They beat the Seahawks too. So I mean, they've they also they, beat the Niners. I, I, I get what you're saying. A majority of their wins, though, have come against bad teams. But he, it's not like they're, he's never. I'm pretty sure they're 500 or they're they're under 500 against teams that are. That made the playoffs. It's not like he's probably never. Worse this year than it was last yeah, it's year. not like he's never won a game against a good team. I just think that a lot of people are writing off Lamar Jackson so quick after he had such a great season last year, and I don't think that it's fair under the circumstances. It's the same is, thing that's happening to Wentz. If they don't, what? It's the well, same thing that's um, happening to Carson well, Wentz. It's different because Lamar just won the MVP, so it's like kind of different. But my thing is, he just wins the MVP. This year, if they don't make the playoffs, what do you think is the Ravens' direction? He's still their quarterback. It's yeah. just about getting a wide receiver. Who do you it's think a, they try to get, though? I would, I would do anything in my power to get a, an elite wide receiver. I don't know who it is, and I don't know where they're going to find it, but it feels like every season there's one that becomes available. Or I think A.B. will be a free agent. Even if it's in the draft, if you have to trade up and get somebody in the draft, it's supposed to be a pretty solid wide receiver draft. So The Ravens could have got A.B. now. They're not getting him because he has character issues. That's there, there's got to be something. I, I don't know what the move is specifically, but they have they to realize, go out and get an elite receiver. Yeah, I think after this year, they're going to realize, man, forget that. We need him. I don't think so. I think there's a culture in Baltimore. They're going to stick to that culture. But maybe we can see a situation where Greg Roman might get fired after two seasons. And you I, know. It's funny you say that because I was going to ask you, do you think that he is better off or worse off if Greg Roman gets the boot? If Greg Roman gets the boot, that running attack won't be the same. Yeah. But it depends on who you bring in as an offensive coordinator. It's just weird because Lamar Jackson's strength is running the ball. We're not sure how he's going to look if he has to drop back 30 to 40 times yeah. a game. Because he hasn't been doing that to this point in his career, so it really it 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 takes an offensive coordinator that is going to have a balance, or maybe lean more run heavy, but also allow Lamar Jackson to play freely when passing the ball as well. Because if you look at Greg Roman, and we've had this discussion every year that he's been an offensive coordinator, whether it was with the Forty ers with the Bills, he's been top five. It, or I should say bottom five in passing attempts, top five in running attempts. He, he's just a run system. 
And you look at Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, he's always had running quarterbacks. So I wonder if a system change would be better for Lamar or worse for Lamar. Because we haven't seen him in anything else. This is the only system we've seen him in, and he's been so good in it, at least to start. You know, it's such an unknown going anywhere else, going in any other direction. Yeah, we talked about the Titans and the Ravens game. Now we're going to talk about the Colts and the Packers game. The Packers lost to the Colts. Was the Colts win over the Packers a statement win? What is your impression of the Colts now that they beat the Packers? I want to start with you because you're a Colts hater. No, you're a Philip no, Rivers hater specifically. No, no, yes, you are. You're a Philip Rivers no. hater. You're I want to I want to start by saying I apologize because unlike you, I can admit when I'm wrong. When you're wrong half the time, I want to apologize to Colts fans. I was wrong about the Colts. They are a pretty dominant team. Um, I think it was a great game though. I think for the most part, I think it was a really great game. I think they was fighting back and forth. I think this win. Over the Packers, and then they beat the uh, Titans. And they, uh, uh, pardon me, I think they beat the Titans, they beat the Packers. I think these wins are now starting to put the Colts in that upper echelon area in the AFC. Not the Steelers and the Chiefs, but I think now you're starting to talk about them right under them as a team that can really make it difficult. So I, I really, I like this win. This win was really impressive. And I think, I think the Colts can make a run in the playoffs. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, and I think they'll probably win their division. Stay where you're at. Nobody wants you on the Colts you're bandwagon. A Jets fan. You stick with the you're Titans like you picked them. I can't even believe. You're a Jets fan. I can't even believe you're hopping off the Titans bandwagon when the Colts and Titans have the same record right now. But nonetheless, no, I like them. They're more aggressive. The, like Colts, the Colts. The Colts. This was a statement win, and I'm not even sure if this is more a testament to how good the Colts are or how much pretenders the Packers are. Because I've been saying the Packers are pretenders since the beginning of the season. I don't care about the record. I don't care about their wins. I think the Packers are pretenders. They won't make it to the Super Bowl. But when you look at the Colts, they have the fifth-ranked defense. They finally climbed in and now have a top-10 offense. Even though their offense is kind of – it's not that good. Like, I think that if they play a good defense, they won't be that good offensively like they were against Green Bay. But I just feel like – their defense has to get a majority of the credit. Sure, their offense was good. Jonathan Taylor finally had a, a pretty good game, one that he hadn't had in a, in a while. But it's just their defense, man. It's suffocating. You got guys like DeForest Buckner who was huge for them. But I think a bigger part of their defense is their secondary. They're so disciplined. They're well coached. You got guys like Xavier Rhodes, Rocky Sin, Julian Blackman, who's a rookie, who's fantastic. And then you got a guy like Kenny Moore. I mean, there was an interception that Rockison had on Aaron Rodgers where he totally baited him on the play. It looked like kind of a, a deep ride. I'm sure, I think, I don't know who he was throwing it to. Was he throwing it to a Devontae Adams or I'm not sure who he was throwing it to, but Rockison baited him perfectly into that inter- interception. And Rockison is a second-year player. So for him to be doing that is, is pretty amazing. I mean, their defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, has done a great job at coaching this defense and that's the reason why the Colts are where they are. Do I think it was a statement win? I'm not sure. I think the statement win was more against Tennessee. That was a statement win. Versus Green Bay, I expected the Colts to win. I picked the Colts to win in the pick So I, I was expecting them to win. I, I'm still not sold on the Packers, and I don't think I'm going to get sold on them anytime this year. I think the craziest thing about the win, I had to pull this stat up. Aaron Rodgers in his career is 95-4. and four with a two-touchdown lead. 
So for the Colts to come back against him, who, you know, obviously with that stat, he's been so proficient with a big lead. For them to come back, it was super impressive. And I think that this was their statement win. I think that the Titans game kind of put people on notice, including myself. And this game really showed, okay, they're here to compete. And they're they're really here. Um, you know, I think that I've, I've never been too high on Phillip Rivers. And especially at this point in his career, I'm not that high on him. I think if they still had a guy like Andrew Luck at quarterback, oh, they could be Super Bowl contenders this no year. No doubt about it. I don't think it's that they better. are at that level right now just because I don't know that they have the firepower that a team like the Chiefs, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, have. But they'll make people's lives definitely tougher come playoff time. I think not only are they a playoff team, I could definitely see them getting an upset in the playoffs. So the they, only they question, get an upset. They just won't. That's as much as they're going to go. The, yeah, the Colts exactly. have a ceiling because of that offense. That's that's what it exactly. is. Exactly. Cuz that defense is one of the best units in the league. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like whenever I watch the Packers in primetime, whether it be last year when they faced Wait, they lose? No, not that. They they do lose. I think they're 500 in primetime Aaron Rodgers is and he's 500 on the road. But when you watch the Packers like last year versus the Lions Monday Night Football, there's always these questionable calls that always land in the Packers' favor. I damn near thought the Colts were about to blow the game, which is they, they had the game sealed. They just had to run out the clock, and they kept getting penalty after penalty after penalty. I mean, Packers had seven penalties. The Colts had eight penalties. But the Packers' penalties accounted for 45 yards, while the Colts' penalties accounted for 116 yards. I will say, though, all of those holding calls on the Colts at the end of the game were holding calls. You can't dispute it. I mean, last, it. Year, last year, the two face masks against Trey Flowers were bogus calls. Yeah, Detroit I, won I'm those not games. talking about the past. But I'm I, just talking I, yeah, about last I, night. I know what you mean, but I just feel like things kind of always go in the Packers' favor in terms of these calls. I mean, even against the... What was... Uh, I feel like in the playoffs, they had a favorable call go their way, I think, against Dallas. I'm not too sure if it was against them, but they have these favorable calls go go about. their way. And but I just think that I kind of agree with you now that you said it. The Titans <laughs> was kind of a game that put people on notice because nobody you you were not sold on the Colts even after they beat the Titans, but now that they beat a a team like the Packers that is nationally recognized you know, that's more of a statement win. I'll say this. I picked the Colts this week, and if they did not beat the Titans, I would not have picked them. There's there's no question about it. For me, that Titans game really showed me that they could hang with the big dogs. And then this game told me, okay, like not only can they hang, but they can real they can win a couple of these games. And I just for me, I think it's the offense that's gonna hold them back from being one of those elite teams in the league. But I think that they can hang with anybody. It really just depends on the development of Michael Pitt. Michael Pittman probably. Oh, I think he's going to be a star too. And I think he's going to be really good, but it just depends because is T.Y. that bona fide number one guy? He's not. No not more. anymore. Not no more. Like, and Michael Pittman, like who's going to? Who's their second receiver? Who's their go to number? They got to figure that out. It's not they Pascal. Don't know who it is exactly like Pascal is pretty good, but is he your number two that you rely on no. all the time? He's not. And I think it's funny you bring up Pittman because in any other year he would be getting, you know, big recognition, but considering the class that there has been this season, it's hard to get any recognition because he's probably been, he probably hasn't even been a top five rookie receiver. He also has to deal with the injury. I understand that, but you know, he, I think he can be a real guy for that offense moving forward. And I said that coming out, I wanted him to be a jet, but mm-hmm. unfortunately he didn't get to their pick. 
So now we're going to go to our last, our second to last segment of the show. Yeah. NFL pick them week 12. I went eight and five in my picks last week. I don't know if you guys counted yours, but I know I counted mine. Went eight and five. You went eight and five last week? Yeah. I what about, our, did we cut the Chiefs? What do you mean? The Chiefs, Chiefs topic? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the Chiefs. I forgot about the Chiefs. I didn't even write that down. So we got to talk about the Chiefs first. Okay. I mean, this is pretty brief. I think that we'll all actually agree on this one. I think this will be a rare topic that we all agree on. Do you have the Chiefs topic, the name? Are the Chiefs Chiefs still the team to beat? Okay, yeah. You can start it off. Are the Chiefs still the team to beat? I mean, we've been saying this for weeks now. I've literally been saying it in every power ranking, every pick them. As much as the Steelers have been the most impressive team this season to me, at 10-0, it's hard to say anything otherwise. The Chiefs have been since February and will be until they prove without a doubt otherwise the team to beat. And for me, there is only one example you need. Last night when you were watching that game and the Raiders scored, did you have any doubt that the Chiefs were going to come back in that football game? For me, I saw the time on the clock and I said, that's too much time for Patrick Mahomes. And it's getting pretty much to the point where if they have a drive, even if it's under like 50 seconds, you have you faith that the Chiefs score. are going to find yeah. a way. Yeah, and, and it's their offense is just ridiculous. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is, he's been in the Rookie of the Year conversation too. He's having an incredible year. I just don't know why Jonathan Abrams dropped down on that last play. You just got to let no Mahomes sense. run. Yeah, You can't leave Travis Kelsey that wide open. I felt like they were going to have a lapse in defense because I kind of saw them and they were kind of discombobulated a little bit. And they were just chewing up yards. Yeah, exactly. Well, when you look at how do you guard Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Mecole Hardman, I could go on and on. The weapons are just ridiculous, along with a guy who's trending to become arguably the greatest quarterback of all time based on what we've seen so far. And I've called him that. Last year, before he won the Super Bowl, I said, based off what I'm seeing alone, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that I've ever seen. It would take an incredible heel turn for him not to at least be in that discussion by the end of his career. because And, and I've been one of the guys to bring up the fact that he's been put in a great position. But, like, where is that going to go? Is he ever not going to be in a good position? Because the Chiefs have done such a good job even when there's holes filling them. And the fact of the matter is, the defense doesn't even have to be an elite unit. It just has to be average. Their defense last year was average at best. And they played better towards the end of the year, but they didn't win games because of their defense. They won because nobody can stop them. They went down every playoff game, and the fa- when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's just you're never out of the game. You're never out of it. And I, for me, when you compare the Steelers and the Chiefs, who have been, I think, the two teams in the league this year that are at the top, I trust the Chiefs' defense to stop the Steelers' offense more than I trust the Steelers' defense to stop the Chiefs' offense. Oh, <laughs> not yet. And that's no offense to the Steelers' defense because when they have talking, an incredible when unit. When talking about that, you know, the, the only other team that you would put above the Chiefs is the Steelers. And They're I just defeated. don't think the Steelers' schedule has been good enough for me to say, exactly. yeah, they're the team to beat. I mean, the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champions, and they don't have a Super Bowl hangover at all like the Eagles and Carson Wentz did back when they won it. You know, like, they are ready to go. They are winning Wait, games. You, you had a hangover? You guys had a, you guys weren't, the playoffs next year. You guys weren't as good, though. You uh, guys weren't I, I dominant. I thought the hangover the Chief, is like... The Chiefs are still a dominant football team. Yeah. And 
we talk about early in the season, we talked about Wilson, we talked about Allen, we talked about Kyler. People forgot about Mahomes. I think he's for sure he's the should MVP. be the MVP back this season. He should be the he should be a two time MVP after this season. The Chiefs just have it all. I still think yeah. the Steelers are one one of the teams to be. I think, but are they the team number one team to be? I don't think so. And the one Chiefs yeah. loss, I just want to remind everybody, the one Chiefs loss was against the Raiders, who it looked bad at the time. But I think we've seen the Raiders are legit again. Derek Carr is back. Maybe not at that MVP type form that no, he, he was is, before he is, the injury, he but he's playing he's great playing, football. He's playing just as good, if not better, than his I have MVP to make the season. Too. Raiders. But but it's not even. I think. And then it's a division opponent too. I remember even when the Jets were terrible and the Patriots still had Tom Brady. It seemed like every time the Jets would at least put a fight up. And division Derek opponents Carr, are tough. Derek Carr is a guy who I love, and I like that. Yesterday on national television, he got to throw three touchdowns against the Chiefs, and people got to see like, oh, this guy is really good. Because they've been disrespecting him for so long. I mean, I know on mainstream uh, media, they created this division between Gruden and Carr. That Gruden doesn't want Carr. Carr isn't this. Carr isn't that. He's not a leader. There was a bunch of these false. There was a bunch of these false narratives. And Derek Carr has always been an underrated guy, under the radar guy, especially. And I think he proved to everybody, a nationally televised audience, that he's this good. Yeah. No, but the the Chiefs, to your point, just have been better. And they weren't about to lose to the Raiders twice, even though I thought <laughs> it was a possibility. I thought it was close to happening, but they just, you know, their offense is They're too They're just dominant. on a different level. You can't give them the ball in overtime, have the first possession at it. Yeah. If you give them first possession in overtime, the game is over. You're I, not seeing the ball back. I, and I know I said this to start the segment, but if I don't think there's any other offense in the league that if you gave them the ball with a minute and a half left – you would sit back confident that they were going to score a touchdown. And I had, I promise you, no doubts that they were going to score a touchdown. And it's funny because my fantasy team was down by six going into that possession. I had Patrick Mahomes left, and my opponent had Clyde Ebertelaire. And I said, oh man, I need 75 yards in the air and a touchdown. And then I said, it's Patrick Mahomes. What am I worrying about? And needless to say, he goes out, throws 75 yards and a touchdown, and not only did the Chiefs get the win, I get the win, and everybody goes home happy. We, we talked about the Chiefs this segment. Well, well before you – Chiefs play Bucks next week on Sunday. We're going to talk about it in the pick So we, what we got. But to talk about – we talked about the Chiefs, but to not even talk about them, a guy I really want to point out and highlight is John Gruden. He's a hell of a play caller. Yeah. He's one of the best in the NFL, and I love John Gruden. And I'm glad people are cutting John Gruden slack because – when he got that 10-year, $100 million contract to coach the Raiders, people bashed him forward and were really critical of the decision. Nobody's saying anything now. He's just a he's great a football a mind. And when they exactly. get the talent in there, I mean, that division is just going to be ridiculous. Oh. You're gonna, you already have the Chiefs. You have the Broncos, who haven't been healthy this year, who you know I think when they get healthy can cause some major problems. The Raiders, who we've seen this year, they're a legit team. And the Chargers have arguably the best young quarterback and the best younger rookie quarterback in the league who looks like he's going to be a superstar. So that's going to be a sucky division to be in yeah. over the next decade. Now we're really going to get into our second to last segment of the show. And that segment is NFL Pick'em Week 12, our Week 12 NFL predictions. I went 8-5 and five last week. And we're going to go on to the first team. 
tech or first game Texans versus Lions. Who's winning that game? I got the Texans, and the reason why is Deshaun Watson has been the highest-graded quarterback in the NFL by PFF since week five. I knew you saw that because I saw it because you favorited it. But he has just been playing at an elite level. Their offense in general has been playing at an elite level. They've looked so much better since the uh, the bad man is gone, Bill O'Brien. But you know, I, I just think that they're a much better team than Detroit last right now and coming off this past week against the Panthers where they just looked lethargic. I don't think the Lions have any chance. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. For most of the stuff you said, I feel like the Texans have been on the roll. They got one. They got a quarterback who's been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I, I feel like I can trust him to get them to win, so I'm going to pick the Texans. Lions just got shut out. Deshaun Watson right now has a 108 quarterback rating, the highest of his career. So I got the Texans this game. Next game, Washington versus the Cowboys. Thanksgiving game. I got the Washington football team. I hate that name. I'm also riding with the Washington football team. For a lot of the mentions, a lot of the reasons I mentioned last week against the Bengals, they're one of the best defenses in air yards. They're one of the best defensive lines in the league, creating pressure on the quarterback. And the the Cowboys quarterback situation right now is in total flux, and their defense is just terrible. I don't trust the Cowboys offense to bail out their defense again against a very underrated Washington football team defense. I'm gonna just go. Uh, uh, I'm gonna pick Dallas to win. That's a tough one. Yeah, for I you. know. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> want I think Andy, Andy Doan is playing. But yeah, yeah. He, and they won. They beat the Vikings last week. So I, that win didn't I, really impress win, me. Either win hurts me, regardless. But I, I think I think Dallas takes the win on Thanksgiving. Next game: Ravens versus Steelers. Prime oh. time Thanksgiving game. I'm going with the Steelers. The Steelers go to 11 and 0 now, I believe. And because the Ravens, I think they've legitimately figured out the Ravens. It's always a tough matchup against them, and the Steelers are just on a roll. I don't see them losing this game. It's crazy because, like, when we was talking about when the Steelers uh, lose, I, I picked this to be the week that they lose their first game. And I'm going to stick by it. I still think I still think, I think the Ravens figure it out this week. I think the Steelers' undefeated streak comes to an end. I think Lamar gets W this week. I, I hope you're right. I wanted to pick the Ravens in this game, but my mind just screamed at me to take the Steelers. Their defense is just so good. And, and it threw, through the air and on the ground. So I don't see where the Ravens like get their attack going. And you know that the Ravens play much better from ahead and from behind. They're a totally different team. So I'm going Steelers. Next game, Chargers versus Bills. I want to go Herbert with this one, but I just don't trust them. They almost blew it, blew the game to the Jets. So I'm going with the Bills this game. Off a of bye week, they'll be prepared. I like I like Josh Allen and the Bills in this in this matchup. So I'm I'm gonna pick them. I feel confident in Josh Allen going into this game, and I think they've been a really well-rounded team this year. So I'm gonna rock out with them. I think it's gonna be a shootout, and I think that Justin Herbert's gonna make it interesting. Again, he hasn't lost a game by more than a touchdown this season, but I'm gonna go Bills just because I don't trust the Chargers defense. Next game, Titans versus Colts. AFC South matchup. Whoever wins this game is going to lead the division. Oh, this is it? This is the matchup? Yeah, but personally, I have the Titans winning this game. This guy flip Division teams usually, division games usually split. Colts won the first one. Titans will win this next one. But I still will pick the Colts to win the division. They'll just lose this game. Titans will win it. I'm going to go with the Colts. I was not impressed at all by the Titans beating the Ravens. I think that the Ravens lost that game more than the Titans won it. And I was impressed by the Colts beating the Packers. And I think that they're going to keep that momentum going into this week and beat the Titans. Who are you picking? I think the Colts are on a roll. 
They've been they've been running. They just beat the Packers. They high energy. They're feeling it right now. The defense is on par. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Colts to beat the Titans. I think that win, like you said, more Ravens beat themselves than Titans win. I think Titans before that win were struggling. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Colts. Next game, Panthers versus Vikings. I'm going with the Vikings. I feel like they should have beat the Cowboys. It was a very close game. The Panthers have looked good, but PJ Walker's there. I'm not sure who he is yet. So I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and a team that I trust a little bit more. You trust them? A little bit more. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and ride the PJ Walker way. I'm gonna pick them to get the W. I'm also gonna go with the Panthers. I yes, don't know. Sir. Something about PJ Walker that just makes me want to pick them. And I the Vikings are just so inconsistent week to week. The fact that they barely eked out a victory over the Cowboys gives me enough concern. And the Panthers coming off a good win. I mean, not against a good team, but I feel like it was a better confidence booster. I'm wrong with the that. Vikings. XFL, so I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with PJ. XFL superstar. I'm riding with him. Man. Hopefully, he backs me up. Next game: Browns versus Jaguars. Oh. Who will win that game? I, it's easy for me. I got the Browns. Browns. I got the Browns too. <laughs> Next game: Giants versus Bengals. No Joe Burrow. Giants. This is easy for me too. I got the Giants. Oh, they're Giants. gonna win again. Damn. Which is unfortunate because if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, I probably would have picked. The, the it would have been a close game. game. I think if they win, they're number one in the division too. Yeah. Next Depending game on what the other no, teams because you guys are all three wins right now. No, I think whoever, every team whoever wins division. Thanksgiving versus Washington and Cowboys is number one. Oh, um, I yeah. think every team in the division has three, three wins, wins yeah, right now. I think true. the Washington beat everybody because they beat us. No, oh, yeah, but whoever wins Thursday yeah. is number one in the division. Yeah. So next game, Cardinals versus Patriots. So wait, even Look, if Dallas wins, and what if we win on Sunday? We're not one. You probably you don't play this Sunday. You're on. Uh, a buy. On a buy yeah, again? I think you guys are on a not a buy a again. Buy. No, you guys are on a buy. And actually, yeah. you play the Seahawks. Yeah, we play, oh play the damn! Well, so we're not gonna I, win, it, but if we did okay. win, we would be one. Yeah, because you guys have the tie. Okay. <laughs> so next game, Cardinals versus Patriots. Cards. I got the Patriots. Oh. Cam Newton hasn't thrown an interception in the last four games. I think they need a win, and I think they'll get it against the Cardinals. You think so? Yeah. Oof. I, I'm going Cardinals. I mean, Cam Newton and the offense have looked a lot better, but the defense has not at all. They just got shredded up by Deshaun Watson, and I think the Kyler Murray is going to do the same thing. So I'm going Cardinals. Next game is the Dolphins versus Jets. Pretty easy. I'm going with the Dolphins. Dolphins. I am also going with the Dolphins. Tua is going to look like a superstar in this one. This is going to be the game. Hint, hint, this week and next week this against the Bengals though. is going to be his chance to build his confidence coming into the last few weeks of the this season. Don't count. Next game, Jets. Raiders versus Falcons. Raiders. I got the Raiders in this I one. Also got the off Raiders. a tough loss against Kansas yeah. City. They'll figure it out against the Falcons. <laughs> I would rather. <laughs> I, I'll take that as a confidence booster. A loss like they had against the Chiefs. Raiders. Next game, Broncos versus Saints or Saints versus Broncos. Broncos are at home. Saints. I got the Saints. Saints. I also got the Saints. 49ers versus Rams. Rams. I got the Rams winning this game, and I think I told you that eventually they're going to win this division. When it's all said and done, they'll be the division winner. I'm also going Rams, and it makes me feel much better about my pick that they're winning right now at halftime. So if They would win this one. This one's a huge win right here. Yeah. I got Rams, though. Next game, Chiefs versus Bucks. 4-15 game, probably. I think it's America's game of the week. Oh, man. Uh, How I does that game not you go to prime time? You exactly. can't pick. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Bucks, man. Wow. This yeah, is, I knew this, I knew this game is going to be the game that the Bucks show everybody. Oh, no, we're coming. We're coming for real. Because when they, when they lost to the Saints twice, people are, people are hesitant about the Bucks. They got a lot of question marks. 
But I'm telling you, they're going to beat the Rams right now on Monday. We're watching the game right now. And they're going to beat them at 415 next week against the Chiefs. No doubt about it. I'll say this. Tom Brady coming off, whether they win or lose this game tonight, I don't think it should have been this close. We For all the mentions I re, for all the reasons I mentioned last week, coming off of a game that is closer than it should have been against a team that everybody thinks is the best team in football right now, myself included, against Patrick mm. Mahomes, Tom Brady is going to have that team ready. There's no question about it. With that being said, I'm still going with the Chiefs. Just because the Buccaneers have not impressed me week to week, the way the Chiefs have. I want to say two things. One, you better not come in here next episode and say, oh, this this loss doesn't matter. This loss doesn't matter if the Bucs lose. Don't do that again. Don't. I want to say this, too. The Bucs, when they play competition, it's 50-50 with them. They haven't really impressed me. Then one time they do impress me, they go beat the Packers. Then they go lose to the Bears. Then they lose to the Saints. And then this team is a whole different beast. So with that being said, this offense is dynamic. It's unstoppable. I got the Chiefs in a close one. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I don't think that I also before we move on, don't think that this isn't the Bucks regular season is an indictment of the team that'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, me either. So I don't know why you even said that. Because you love next to say game, no doubt they're gonna win. Next game, Bears versus Packers. I got the Packers. Sunday night game, prime time. I got the Packers winning this one. It's a classic one. I'm gonna go Packers too, Aaron Rodgers and the boys. I also got the Packers. The Bears just seem like totally out of whack right now. Then next week's Monday night game, the Seahawks oh, versus Eagles. I think there's a chance the Eagles win because of the bad stuff that's been going on with them. But I got to say, I'm picking the Seahawks. Oh, you're crazy. I'm picking the Seahawks. No way I'm betting against Russell Wilson on primetime. No way I'm doing it. Seahawks will beat the Eagles. I got a yeah. uh, few hot takes that I'm going to debate here. Nah, I ain't even going to go with my hot takes. I think we get the W this week. I think this week is the week. We get it together with six in the pass defense. I think that we're going to be able to stop Russell Wilson. I think DK gets locked up this week by Darius Slay, and we pull out a W. No chance. Seahawks are winning. I don't think I even need to explain it. When we win, Jack, I want you to come here next week. If you I, win, no, I'll no, apologize. I, no, Bring even, me no, an Eagles I jersey. You, I want you to come here with cookies from McDonald's and give me my cookies. Bring me an Eagles jersey. If they win next week, I'll wear it the you whole don't deserve episode. to wear an Eagles jersey after that. Okay, so that does it for our NFL Pick'em Week 12. Yo, don't don't touch nothing yet. Don't touch nothing yet. <laughs> No, no, I know. We this goes for our NFL, week, NFL Pick'em Week 12. Put down in the chat who you guys think, or in the comments, who you guys think are going to be your Week 12 winners and your predictions. Now we're going on to the last segment of the show. We're going to go on to NFL Power Rankings Week 12. And before we go on to this segment, I just want to let everybody that's watching know that once we finish this segment, we're going to take in callers. So you guys can call us and we're going to, you can ask us questions or you guys can debate us, whatever you want to do. We're just letting you guys know that so you guys could tune in. Probably going to do that in like 10, 12 minutes. So now on to this segment. NFL Power Rankings Week 12. I'm going to start off. My, these are the top 10 teams in the NFL, just, be, just to be clear. My number 10 team oh. is the Los Angeles Rams. They're facing the Bucks right now. They're putting on a pretty good performance. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but I got them being my number, number 10 team. I think it's fair. I think they're better than the Dolphins, even though they lost. I pretty They lost to the Dolphins, right? I got They're better than the Cardinals to me, the Ravens, the Raiders, the Browns. So I got the Rams at 10. This is a tough one for me. I didn't want to drop them as much as I ended up doing, but it just was the way it panned out. I think they could definitely be higher than this. 
And I think that there are other teams that could be in the 10 spot too. But I went Cardinals at 10. You know, I, I docked them more than I think they should have been for that loss. But I still think that they're a very good team. And I think they'll be in the conversation late in the season. And I think they'll move up from here. But just this week, they just happen to be a 10. Uh, like Jack said, I had to dock them. You know, they played a tough game, played a hard game. But I had to dock them for that loss to the Seahawks. So I'm going to put the Cardinals at 10 for me. So my number nine team is the Green Bay Packers. After losing to the Colts, I can't put them above the Colts. And they've shown some real-life vulnerabilities in their team, especially on defense, and their offense can get stagnant at times. I got the Packers at nine. I went with the Titans at nine. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I mean, your top ten? I, I thought that they had a good win this weekend against the Ravens, so I wanted to show them some love, get them in the top ten. But I wasn't, like I said before, I wasn't as impressed by them as much as I was disappointed in the Ravens. Um, so, yeah, they're sitting at nine. Uh, the bottom was tough for me because there was teams on the outside that I thought could have been in, but I went Titans at nine. Number nine for me, like, it's basically everything Joel said. I mean, I got the Green Bay Packers. I had to put them at nine. I don't, I don't, like, they show vulnerability a lot against good teams, but still, they're still a top 10 team nonetheless, so I got them at nine. My number eight team in the NFL is the Buffalo Bills because kind of, they didn't play this week, so I can't move them up, but I can move them down based off other team performances. So they're number eight not because of I think they're a bad team or they, they're worse than the other teams. I just think going into week 12, since they didn't play in week 11, this is where they are, they're number eight. At number eight, and I wish that we could have been doing this segment about an hour from now, I had the Rams at eight just because I, I don't know what their offensive line is going to look like with Whitworth, without Whitworth, and then in turn, what is Jared Goff going to look like? He looks impressive so far, so you know, maybe I could have taken another look at this, but I have them at eight based on what we saw before recording. Boom. My, my number eight team, I got the Los Angeles Rams. It was basically everything you said. I don't know how they're going to look with Whitworth, but I feel like I'm still confident in this team. And by the looks of how this game is performing, I think they're a really great team, and I think they could definitely perform. And I changed my pick a couple weeks ago, and I feel like they were going to come out and win the division. So I got them at eight. My number seven team is, or the seventh team, is the Tennessee Titans. I think they're here because, I mean, they beat the Ravens. And unlike you, I think that was an impressive win. I mean, they had a little altercation in midfield. They kind of had to prove themselves. Everybody still kind of has that thought in their head that they beat the Ravens because it was a fluke. The Ravens were supposed to win. And now in the regular season, they beat them again. And they're like, no, nah, that wasn't a fluke. We're really better than them. And that's why we beat them. I got the Ravens at seven. You guys might call me crazy for this. I went with the Packers at seven. I think they showed a lot of vulnerability. But I also thought that they played well enough to win against a good team in the Colts. That's why I didn't kill them for that loss. So I went Packers at seven. My seven is the same as it was last week. Bills. Got to talk into the mic, bro. <sighs> Anyways, uh, my seven is the same as it was last week, the Buffalo Bills. I couldn't, like Joel said, they didn't play. So I couldn't really dock them up, but I, I wasn't going to dock them down either. So I got them at seven. Okay, my, my sixth team is the Indianapolis Colts. They beat the Packers. They beat the Titans. But six is as far as I can have them right now because the top five teams that I have in my top five, they're not better than <laughs> the Colts. I think they're on a roll. They're, they probably will lose to the Titans this upcoming Sunday, but they will end up winning the division. 
and I have them at five. Impressive win against the Packers, like I said. And Phillip Rivers is having a bounce-back season from last year. I also went Colts at six. I they I also thought they could have been a five, but I'll explain my reasoning at five. But a great win against the Packers boosted them from outside of the top ten up to number six for me. I was really impressed with them this week. My six and five are interchangeable, but I'm going to put six. I'm going to put Seattle. I like that win against the Cardinals to bounce back. I feel like they're now starting to get it going. So I'll put them at six for me. So my fifth team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scrubs. I didn't see them play yet. Obviously, after you know, I might have put them higher if we watched the Monday Night Football game after we made this segment after. But I have them at five right now. You know that Saints loss hurt them in these rankings. Not where I have them at the end of the season, but in these rankings, that loss to the Saints hurt them a lot. I have them as the fifth best team in the NFL. I went with the Bills at five. And my opinion differed from yours where you said, you know, you couldn't raise that. I also, like, I felt weird raising them off of it, but teams ahead of them fell, and they didn't hurt themselves at all. And personally, I just had them above the Colts, you know, in my opinion as a team right now, just because I think their offense is better. Um, So I went Bills at five. A Uh, weird, not not very often that you'll see a team jump in a bye week, but. Nah, I I, I put the Bills, oh, yeah, ooh. I put the Colts at five. I feel like that win last week and the wins they've had over the couple weeks have been really impressive. And they finally jumped into my top five, especially last week with that win against the Packers. So the fourth best team in the NFL to me is the Seattle Seahawks. They came into that game with a lot of question marks after losing to the Bills. And I think they proved themselves by, by beating the Cardinals and getting that revenge on them again. Their defense has been playing better. And I think with snacks added into the mix, Carlos Dunlap, People like to blame the defensive line for the Seahawks, but that's not the reason their defense is bad. Their defense is bad because of miscommunication, not because of their talent. If they can communicate better, they can move higher on this list, but for now I have them at four. I went with the Buccaneers at four. They might have been higher or lower based on what is happening right now, but coming into this week, I got them at four. I think that they're one of the best two-way teams in the league, so that's why I have them you know, I, I think that my top four are the four upper echelon teams in the league. Yeah, uh, I agree with Jack. Bucks at four. They don't move in my – they don't go down, they don't go up. They're still one of the best four teams in the league, and I feel like they're going to stay here until about week 17. So I got them at four. My third best team is the New, New Orleans Saints. I mean, look, their win against the Falcons was good. Taysom Hill was was impressive, but – it's the Falcons. Like, you know, who really cares? <laughs> I can't move them up on the list because they beat the Falcons. But they are a top three team in the NFL, and I don't have them. I can't put them ahead of the, the other two top teams I have. Yeah, exactly. I also have the Saints at three. I think their defense impressed me more than anything. The fact that they could mm. win without Drew Brees was very impressive, and it showed their offense is strong no matter what. So, you know, I went with them at three just because I don't think that you could put them over the top two teams right now. Same thing with you guys. I got Saints at three. I think the only way to jump into my top two is a possible loss out of the two top teams, and the Saints get a big win against a good team. So, yeah, I got the Saints at three. My second best team is the Steelers. They're undefeated at 10-0. and And, honestly, I should put them at one, but I just can't over the Chiefs. That's spoiler alert. Number one is my is the Chiefs. But the Steelers are so good. Chase Claypool is, is really growing into a number one wide receiver. And, wow, the Steelers just have an elite defense. Their offense is coming into its own. I have to put them as the second-best team in the NFL. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I have the Steelers at two. Me and Ruben have been saying it for weeks. You know, as good as the Steelers have been, they just can't unthrone or dethrone the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs have just been too dominant. Not to give away my number one, but the Chiefs are going to be a number one. The Steelers, granted they're 10-0. and 0, They have a great defense. They're just a one baby step behind the Chiefs for me right now. Uh, I got the Chiefs. At t- I got the Chiefs at two. Really? Yeah. It's, it's you know I feel like the two for the season they're interchangeable. You know, Steelers are undefeated. The Chiefs are dominant. I feel like you can go either. Or I just have the Chiefs at two because that one blimp on their record, and that reveals my number one. I got the Steelers at one because they're undefeated. They're well rounded, and although the schedule hasn't been as impressive, a lot of teams still fumbled the bag against bad, bad teams, and the Steelers have shown that they take every game like it's serious and like it's their last game. So I have the Steelers at one, Chiefs at two. Exactly. My number one team is the Kansas City Chiefs, especially after they had a comeback against the Raiders, which was a phenomenal comeback. I think I have to put them at the number one spot until somebody or a team can prove to me that they deserve to be off it. I'm going to keep them on. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They're still elite. Steelers have to prove that they deserve it more than that. Exactly. Until that, I have the Chiefs at one. Ditto. I got the Chiefs at one. I've been saying it, you know, for for weeks now. So I'm going to stick with the Chiefs at one until they prove me otherwise. And that does it for our Week 12 Power Rankings. So we guys want to hear who your top five teams are in the comments or top ten. You could put whichever. Top five is easier, though, in the comments or the chat below. And this is going to do it for our episode of Pick a Side. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. This was our second live episode as always, you can go follow us on Instagram, at Pod on TikTok, at Podcast as well. And, of course, if you haven't already, hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. And, yep, that's going to do it for our show. So thank you guys for listening and see you next time. This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.